0: There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
1: Bret screwed Bret.
0: Die, Rocky die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. is there? Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars is now? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside, you deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by The Ringer Podcast Network. Hope you're checking out our newest podcast, The Town with Matt Bellamy, Breaks Down Hollywood. Hope you're checking out Icons Club, Jackie McMullen's narrative podcast about the evolution of the NBA superstar. Hope you're checking out The Book of Wrestling, David Shoemaker's new podcast, he is breaking down the Attitude Era, 25 catchphrases. It launches this week. He is there at WrestleMania as we're taping this two-day event. They did a great job with it. Shoemaker actually interviewed Cody Rhodes, who made a dramatic, unexpected return to WWE. Semi-expected if you kind of were following the tea leaves. But still, Shoemaker, that was right after Cody Rhodes. He wrestled Seth Rollins. Shoemaker interviewed him right after. We have a bunch of reaction stuff on the Ring of Wrestling show as well. If you like WrestleMania, I thought they did an awesome job. They finally did it. They split up WrestleMania into two nights. I remember I went to the Meadowlands one. can't remember what year that was with my son. And it was like over seven hours. And my son, I was so impressed. He didn't go to the bathroom. He didn't eat. He was uh, he was like a warrior out there. But that that's the point. Like should any event be seven hours unless it's like, you know, an 18 inning World Series game or something. I my answer is no. They figured it out. Two-day event, much better, much better momentum, much better peaks. Crowd stays alive the whole time. So good job by them. Anyway, FanDuel Sportsbook were brought to you by them as well. And that's going to be important this week because we're going to the Masters. I'm going. Joe House is going. Nathan Hubbard is going. The Fairway Rolling Crew. And the BS pod are combining forces. And we're going to go. We're going to do some podcasts. A little bit later, Joe House is going to come on. And they allowed us, I can't believe they let us do this, but they allowed us to create some bets. So House is going to join me and still at the tail end and talk about the 10 bets that he created for the Masters that we're jumping on. And then on top of that, Fairway Rolling tomorrow, House and Nathan are going to be breaking down their initial Uh, expectations of what's going to happen. Then Tuesday, we'll be there with the BS pod. Wednesday, we'll be there, the three of us doing fairway rolling, and then Thursday, we'll be there as well. Going to fit a bunch of basketball stuff into next week as well. Do not worry. We're not ignoring the NBA. It is an unbelievable last week. Russell and I are going to talk about it in one second. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. (laughs) Ryan Brasillo is here, taping this a little before 6.30 Pacific time. Most of the relevant hoops is done today. Brasillo, since the last time we talked, I think the one thing has changed is that the top four in the East are no longer afraid of Brooklyn. And there's no longer going to be the jockeying and the high-stepping to get out of a possible Brooklyn matchup. Because I don't know if Brooklyn is as scary as it was a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Everybody and their brother could score 120 points on them. We have no idea if they're going to be the seventh seed or the eighth seed. Right now, they're 10th. And my takeaway, especially watching today, where I thought Milwaukee tried hard in that Dallas game. Dallas just played really well. Philly tried really hard in that Cleveland game, and they won. Miami tried really hard in Toronto, and they won. And then the Celtics beat Washington by, by, uh, by like 40.
1: 42, yeah.
0: Yeah, 42. I think that's a decent takeaway. Brooklyn, not as scary when you really unravel it and you look at it and you stare at it and you're like, all right, let's give Durant and Kyrie their 70 a game. That's fine. We still think we
1: can win. Yeah, the Seth Curry injury is definitely hurting them. You know, I watched the Atlanta game pretty closely the other night. Atlanta took 49 free throws and it still was a close game. They were plus 30 in free throws. I mean, it's just one of those gross like, oh, you guys just can call everything. Cool. Right. Um, And Durant goes for 50 plus and Durant was absolutely on fire. But you uh, you, you offer up a good point here because you had said, you were texting me before and you said, you know, maybe it's a little different now when Kyrie doesn't get to play erratically because clearly, like, I went through it again. When he dropped 50 on uh-huh. yeah, Charlotte, it was his second game in nine days. And when he dropped 60 on Orlando, it was his first game. It was one game in a 12-day span. So, I've been
0: making this point for a while. Like, it's if you only have to play once a week, basketball is a lot easier.
1: Yeah, why are people, like, when you're a certain age and you're this good of a basketball player, which Kyrie is, and they're like, man, I can't believe this guy's just out there scoring. I'm like, have you watched him? Like, like, whatever you think of him, he's insanely talented. And then yeah. you don't have to, like, you have these gaps where you aren't playing that much, and now we're starting to see him dip now. I expect that he's going to figure it out because now he's having to deal with the conditioning part of this. So I just pivot I back have, to I have though. those
0: stats, by the way, before you go. Okay. Kyrie with three-plus days rest this season. 33, What 33, about, what about 33 11 five days and six, well, three plus days, <laughs> 33, five and six, 51, 45, 93 splits. And for the year, he's nowhere close to that. The last five games when he actually had to play a real schedule, 21, six and four, 36% field goal, 38%, three, uh, only three point zero free throw attempts. And I just think like he's somewhere in between. He's not as bad as he was in those five games for him. He's also not a guy who's going to score 33 points in every game. He's somewhere in the middle. He's around 24, 25, and I do think it's easier when for your body and for mentally and everything, if it's like I only have to play once a week. And this week I get to play at Orlando. I'm going to light them up, and then I'm not going to play for eight more days. You know?
1: Yeah, I don't. I feel like we were the only people talking about this. Going, this is actually a good thing for him, where we light it up, and they'd be like, and and on top of this, he's barely playing, and you're like, well, that might. (laughs) Be kind of the point. Um, Here's what I would, would ask you, though. Is it because no one's afraid of Brooklyn or is it because you have four teams and you could even have argued like Milwaukee before the day started could have ended up in the sixth seed and I, that may have changed now with the results later on in the day. I don't have it off the top of my head. Is it that it's just so close that what's the point? Like just do what you need to do as a team and where you land is where you land. Because if you try to mm. plan for something by jockeying, there's so many other teams bunched up and it's it's so close that your whole plan could backfire anyway. So you might as well just do whatever you want to do.
0: I think that's fair. I think Boston, until Rob Williams got hurt, was not afraid where they landed. And I don't think Milwaukee is afraid. I think they could care less. But when you look at Brooklyn's last six, they gave up 132, 95, 119, 123, 120, and 122. Seth is... He, I mean, he came out and said, like, not going to be healthy until I get like a month to rest this thing and I just don't have it right now. We got to keep going. So Seth is 75%. I don't think we see Simmons this year. We don't see Joe Harris this year. He, Patty Mills has been dead since the All-Star break. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he's he, I looked up his stats. He's averaging a 6-1-1 one and one after the All-Star break. Six points, one rebound, one assist. That's 19 games, 35% shooting. Griffin is DOA. I they might just be a 500 team with one great player. It's very possible.
1: Yeah, I just hate writing that one player off because of how special me he too. is. And uh, you know, I kind of was always like, I, I think I've given Milwaukee the most benefit for the doubt, right? Yes, it's been harder for me to come around on Boston, but we can we, we we gave them a love fest a week ago, well, so hit, we're on hit board. That,
0: hit that Milwaukee point because I really wanted them to beat up Dallas today, and that would have been the lead of our pod. Here comes Milwaukee. Three in a row. Giannis playing forty minutes a game, playing playoff minutes. They uh, this is the finals team from last year. Here we go, and then Dallas just outplayed them and played really well and and I thought controlled the game and Luca was the best guy on the floor. So now I'm like, all right, what did that mean?
1: Right, and nobody played in the Clippers game, just so we understand. Like if you're, not I'm not counting long. that one. Right, yeah. right. When you see, you're like, wait, they gave up one fifty three to the Clippers. You're like, okay, but yeah. nobody played in that one. I thought the Brooklyn win was incredible, uh, and it felt like. You know, I know we're going to get to this as well. It was kind of this Giannis stretch of a couple weeks where you're like, this guy is, mm. you know, I don't, I, I have a hard time with the Giannis Durant thing because I'm always going to prefer shooting. But Giannis has put together these plays, the block in the Philadelphia game that was close. So it always felt like just when I wanted to start to buy in, there would be a weird loss in there with them. You know, the Golden State won a few weeks ago. You're like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Like, let's go, let's go. Um, and then today, I just think Luca destroyed him. I think Bud's a little stubborn. Me too. Is that fair? <laughs> well, when when, I, when Van Gundy, uh, just let me finish real quick, because Van, when Van Gundy's like, you know, I think I might try this. That's like the most you're going to get from Van Gundy saying that maybe the coach, like, because Luca just diced him up every possible way. And the other great thing about this, and he didn't even play in the second half, I don't think, he only had 20 minutes today, but not having Porzingis out there, despite whatever yeah. you think about Porzingis, now you don't really have a thing you can attack. And I love Dwight Powell. I've always liked his game, and he's not necessarily someone that you can attack a ton either. And so Luka just put on a master class today. But like, I don't I don't look at Milwaukee being like, hey, this is super telling. Maybe it's just really positive about Dallas because I want to give Milwaukee credit for those last two wins or the, the previous wins against really good teams.
0: Yeah, I guess the only telling thing is I'm a little worried about their wings. I think everybody in the East has something that you could get really worried about if you stared at it long enough. And their wings like, you know, the Wes Matthews, Connaughton, who's on his way back, who I think they're going to really need in the playoffs, Grayson Allen. That's really it. So when you think like, who's going to guard Luka on this team? A lot of people have that problem. But at the same time, that like really athletic, like what happens if they see Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan in the same series? How are they going to defend those guys when... I, I would say their swings are, other than Middleton, below average. And you would say, well, Holiday, but I, I don't know. I don't want to use Holiday guarding like a six seven guy if I don't have to. I don't want to put those miles on him. So that w- that was the takeaway, is I didn't feel like that's when you really feel like, oh, Wes Matthews actually plays for this team. You know, you felt that in the Brooklyn game, too. I just, I I don't think he's like dead, like Ariza, where the Lakers get a Ariza. You're like, that guy hasn't been good for four years, but He's probably a level above that. Maybe that's it.
1: Yeah, I miss I miss when when the Lakers were getting off to a tough start. They kept showing us a Riza on the bench like five times a game. Being like, like, well, you know, once I get a back. Yeah. He's on like, his okay, way. Cool. Uh Wes Wes was assigned to Durant. You know, for all the times we'll look and get really excited about like who's going to guard who. I, I know what you're saying, but then I look at the other wing situations. And yeah, I'm not as down. Like at least I have a Drew Holiday if I'm going up against Chicago to put on one of those guys. You know, I know he's at least physical enough. I mean, the problem is with Luca, n- nobody's really going to stop him, right? You know, it's a matter of he's going to be hitting his shots that night. And now they're so locked in positionally too that he's making some of these passes to the spot, like it's like a quarterback just throwing to a spot as opposed right. to looking at how the corner and wide receiver are aligned. It's just like, well, look, here's the timing in my head. This is where you're supposed to be. I'm just going to put the ball out there. So they ran pick and roll with Luca a million times. And then even if it didn't work, they'd reset it again. And so, you know, I don't know that Bud really changed it all that much. They brought pressure, but it was almost way too late. Like, that's the thing that I love about Dallas defensively. Like, they did different stuff today. They had a zone that, like, every time Giannis was iso to the side, it was almost like a zone look looking at him. I mean, I don't know how many possessions. And then if Giannis were the roller, two stayed with the roller instead of two staying with the ball, which is what we see so much, right? And so with Milwaukee on the other side of it, it feels like, you know, I even noticed in the Sixers game that they won, Harden has no interest in doing certain things that exert energy, which is not unlike Harden, but... That was nice. Milwaukee... That was a nice way of phrasing it. <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee like doesn't attack hard. You're watching those other teams play the Sixers and they go, all right, let's go, let's go hunting for Harden. Milwaukee's like, nah, we're not going to do that. They didn't even do it. We just hurt in the playoff series. Remember all of us like going, what's going on here? So, you know, I felt like it was kind of just Luca got to do whatever he wanted. And when Luca's on like that, I mean, it's the reason why we think he's so special.
0: We talked about him on this pod on Thursday with Mahoney. The one thing I I didn't say that I'll say now is Luca took that first month. I don't want to say took it off, but he was just out of shape and he sucked. Then he ended up getting hurt, missed 10 games. I have him fifth for MVP right now.
1: Ahead of Booker or
0: Tatum, ahead of Tatum, I think. Wow, I think the case for Tatum was always they. I was kind of penciling in they had to be the one seed for him to get it. But I would say it's slight edge to Luka at this point because you watch what he did today. You cannot pull him out of that and replace that with anybody, which is the whole point of most most valuable or all all NBA is a little different. It's a little more of a performance achievement. This is like, who else could even run that team the way they have it? They're so dependent on all of his decisions for two and a half hours. Every, you The quarterback analogy is perfect because it's like watching the Brady sh- short yardage offense where it's like, oh, James White out in the flat, uh, Edelman over the middle, uh, Gronk on the side. You know, that's what he's doing play after play. It's fucking awesome to watch. It's really, really, really high level.
1: When do you think you'll pivot to, it's kind of like that Mac Jones throw out to the flare. Or, like, f- out to the flat. Flare it out to the flat. No, I was going to pivot to... It's kind of like Mac Jones. Weaving
0: it downfield to Devontae Parker. Finally, with a good quarterback. <laughs> with a little hop and a step. He's back, baby. Pats are back. Stick home uh-huh. guys from the Dolphins. It's like '07 all over again. I just look at... I, I feel the same way that about the Mavs supporting cast as I do about the Nuggets. Except the Mavs cast makes more sense. The Nuggets didn't choose to have the cast. They have their top... No. Two guys are in the Jokic are just gone. This Mavs team, it's kind of carefully selected role players that just make sense with him. And it's an expensive supporting cast, but they, if you said who's their second best guy, who's their second best guy?
1: I still think it's Jalen because he can kind of carry you when some possessions go awry. You know, I know people are sort of down on him after the playoffs or anything. I just really like Jalen Brunson a lot. But Vinny Smith. His passing now, and then you can switch these guys. And I'm telling you, Dwight Powell has always had this just max energy, and he can move all over the place. And look, Dinwiddie, <laughs> I don't think you can – like this is one of those those arguments where you go, okay, well, here's what you were and this is what my expectations were. And now you're completely different. And so does yeah. that mean I'm wrong? Because with the maps, he's been incredible. He's averaging 17, three and four, but the shooting, I mean, this is somebody who's been around 30%, even below 30% from three and he's 37% now. And he's somebody that likes to kind of run possessions, but he's a really smart guy. Anytime you ever heard him talk. So you just wonder if it's just his own awareness of I need to adapt in a different way. I mean, he's hitting big shots left and right. Well, do so. you think...
0: Sometimes this happens in sports, though, where you have the guy who's miscast as, you know, a star. The one or He's not a star. Yeah. You know, he's not the lead in a movie. You don't want him on the VHS tape box. But in the back, he's fine. In one of those square pictures. It's good. <laughs> he's like the fourth lead. <laughs> like the, Jim where, Murray? Yeah, like the Expendables. He, he's not Stallone. But in the back, it's like, oh, and Dinwiddie's in it. And they're still flundering. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep going. But I think Dinwiddie's problem is he kind of felt like he was the front of the box. And he just isn't. Oh, that's the way he's played.
1: That's the way he's played his entire career. So maybe he's just like, all right, I don't know if the shooting's going to hold up. I mean, the shooting and the efficiency numbers for him for years, you're like, oh, my God. But he was really, really talented. I mean, he could get to the hoop. He could make you miss. He was big. He could drive. But it just felt like, and I always make this joke. The Nets had this insane run of these heavy, heavy, like, get the fuck out of my way guys between D'Angelo, Russell, Dinwiddie, and Laver. It was crazy. I'm like, what Uh, what are you guys, like, what are your scouts? Be like, hey, let's get three guys in a row that are so terrible to play. No one likes playing with them. Let me ask you this, though. So here we are glowing about Dallas. Great win today. What's your level of, like, expectation for a team that hasn't gotten out of the first round? Good question.
0: I have them slightly over golden state as third, most likely to get out of the West. And I think they have a chance to move to second for me in my brain. I, depending on what happens with jaw, because this jaw thing? It's all fine. Now they have a deep team. It's they win every game. They win every game without Jenkins has to be rookie of the year. Unless you just want to give it to Monty. I think it's down to those two guys. Um, coach of the year, coach of the year. I'm sorry. Um, But now we get to the playoffs, and it's like, guess what? I'm going to need Ja now that we actually have to win a playoff series. I would have Dallas three. I just don't trust the Golden State thing. I don't know who they are. I don't like these teams. I don't like when you're falling behind by 15, 18, 20 in these games, and it's April, you know? And Clay is hit or miss. They rely on Poole a lot. They have to play Kamingo, even though, you know, and I think they should because I think he's spectacular. But um, they're going to be relying on him, and he's a guy who really has no idea where he's going. Draymond physically, can he hold up for two and a half months? I just think if you're looking at, do I feel safe with this team? I don't feel safe with the Warriors. I, I almost feel like they're more sleepery to me, which makes no sense because they they have a chance, you know, they're going to be a three seed, possibly um, four seed, but I, there's just so much, too many moving parts with them. Dallas, I know who they are. I watched it today. That's their team.
1: The Golden State point is totally fair. Uh, I was a couple of weeks ago ready to start buying all the way in. And then Marcus Smart fucked up Curry's ankle. And yeah. so I was like, okay, so now this is derailed again. Um, you know, you don't need a huge, you know, you don't need tons of centers, but you kind of need a couple options. And Looney is is a tough option if it's your only option. And I like Looney. Play has been a struggle, although last night against Utah, man, there was like I watched the whole post game because they lit the Jazz up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, every single thing they ran, they went small and it was Draymond. They bring Gobert out. So it's something to think about if that ends up being your first round matchup with the Jazz and Warriors, which, you know, again, the change constantly here. But it was it was so alarming. And then on the other end, the same thing with Gobert. You're like, OK, you have Jordan Poole on your back it, three feet away from the rim. And the, his teammates don't even want to pass to him because they just don't expect him to do anything with it. And so, you know, it's a lot to ask a Gobert to cover all this ground. But Clay in the post game was like, we kind of knew what they would do with Gobert, and then he drops. He's like, so it's a really easy shot for me. And Clay was terrific. Pool was terrific. And there was like a joy to Clay that like yeah. he was kind of talking about the bigger picture. Like, you know, I got a text from one of the guys today, and we had a lot. And he goes, you know, I've just been so miserable about it all. And he was happy. And you're like, okay, but if Steph comes back and they go small and pool, they're just going to guard you to death. With all of these guys that can dribble and can shoot, can it happen? I don't like writing them off, but it's such an unknown compared to Dallas that I totally get. Oh, yeah, point. I'm not writing them off either. I just feel like
0: I just want to see it, and I think it would be a mistake to just assume all of it's going to fall into place. Right now, the way we have it, Golden State's. Right now, we're taping this. The second quarter, they're up double digits against Sacramento, so they, they would not,
1: have Clay's not playing tonight either. By the way,
0: they would have fifty wins. Dallas has forty nine, Denver is forty seven, Utah forty six, so. I mean, the more fun from a basketball standpoint, that three, four, five, six would be if it was Golden State, Utah, Dallas, Denver. Dallas, Denver would just be like a series right out of like nineteen eighty five with these two off- awesome offensive players just going at it, and then Golden State, Utah. Just find me the person who's rooting for Utah in that series.
1: There's, um, there's also a weird thing though about Dallas, their record. I think it's now 13 and three since March 1st. I just kind of did a March 1st sort from today. You yeah. Know, like I kind of do like a few weeks and kind of just their metrics offensively and defensively are average. Their net rating is 18. They're actually negative, And yet they're mm. winning all of these games. And the other thing that I brought up in my podcast, maybe a month or so ago, was I, I still think we did a really bad job with the usage rate and not understanding what it meant, what your team's profile was, even up until a couple of years ago. Like we knew what yeah. it, we knew what it meant, but I don't think we knew what it meant in relation to playoffs, those heliocentric teams with the high-usage guy and Doncic is the highest-usage player in the NBA, the playoff, it, it's not a certainty, but history tells you those teams don't do well in the playoffs. Yeah. Guy by the name of James Harden. I don't know if you heard of him. So we'll have, it.
0: I mean, who knows with the East, but right now, it, it is Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, in that order. And the weirdest part of all of this is Brooklyn being 10th. Brooklyn tied for 10th with Charlotte. Charlotte has Milwaukee, Boston, um, Chicago, Minnesota left, and Brooklyn has Houston, Knicks, Cleveland, Indiana left. So they actually have a way easier schedule. Cleveland's a show of itself. I mean, Philly just rampaged them today. They had and just in these key <laughs> using him as like uh Robert Williams on defense because they have nobody else out there.
1: Um, if Markinen retired tonight on Instagram, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the poor fucking guy man. has to guard and beat again by the way, when Mobley was playing. So, by the way, if you're missing right. the Cavs, haven't had Allen now for a while, Mobley's now done. And they're like, you know, marketing was guarding Embiid when Mobley was still playing. And now there's no Mobley. So, marketing basically down the stretch against Philly today was either trying to defend Embiid or then ended up with Harden outside of the three-point Doing line. Doing like a ice-
0: half-decent de- half job on Harden. Like half the times. A couple times Harden just went right by him. But at A least- couple
1: times it was gross. Yeah, a couple know. times it was bad. Yeah,
0: Cleveland. I still feel like is probably going to miss the playoffs, even though they're in the seventh seed right now. Seven. Well, Atlanta could catch them. They have Orlando, Brooklyn, Milwaukee left. Let's take a let's take a break. I have a couple of fun topics for you. Golf's first major is a tradition unlike any other, and right now, new customers can get thirty to one odds on 2015 champ Jordan Spieth. 4 time major winner, Rory McIlroy, or 2020 champ, probably the best golfer alive, Dustin Johnson, to make the cut at Augusta. That's right. If any of those players make the cut, you win big. And we're going to the Masters. I'm going to be there. Joe House will be there. Nathan Hubbard will be there. Very excited for all of it. We are going to have a bunch of ringer special markets available to bet. You can find them very easily on the Masters section on the Fanduel Sportsbook app. Tiger Woods will be involved. That is the best betting storyline right now. If Tiger comes back, Tiger plays, if Tiger's there at the par three on Wednesday, I'm going to be losing my mind. But, you know, the big things for me, and we're going to talk about it all week on this podcast and on uh, Fairway Rowan. can the young guys really grab control of the sport this year? Are the young guys, the under 30 guys, is this it? Are we going to have a little passing of the torch? or the older guards, the guys who've won a couple times, are those guys gonna hold on? We will see. It's all gonna start the Masters. There's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel Sportsbook. The app is easy to use. So many different betting options. When you win, you'll get paid fast. Drive down Magnolia Lane, take a swing at betting. Your first major, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app starting Tuesday, 30 to one odds. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, or Dustin Johnson to make the cut at Augusta. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. You must be 21 plus and present in select states only. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Connecticut, 888-789-777. In Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Michigan, 800-270-7117. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 1-800-270-7117 for Confidential Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 800-889-9789. And in West Virginia, 1800-Gamber.net. Russell said Mulberry was done. He meant for the regular season. Playoffs, he's he's back. We'll see if they make it. I mean, they're, they're going to have to win at least one of the two playing games. And I don't love their odds. Every time you watch them, really frisky. I love their color commentary guy. He's great. Super In the supportive. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't see it long-term for that team. Great run. Hearts with them. It would be fun if they made the playoffs and LeBron didn't. It would be fun to see if LeBron went to one of the Cavaliers oh, playoff games.
1: That's why you're so pro-Cleveland. Because no, 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 we've no. been very pro-Cleveland all season long. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. Well, I just wish they had all their guys.
0: Yeah. Um, all NBA stuff. We're just doing a check-in. Final votes due, I think, a couple days after uh, Game 82, which is next Sunday. So here's where I'm landing on on the uh, Jokic and Bede thing. I'm just going to plant my flag in this now. I don't know. You have a vote this year. I don't know if people are lobbying you. I'm not bending the rules. I'm not putting Jokic and Bede on the first team. I went through all the NBA teams. At no point in history did anyone do this. I think it's bullshit for us to tweak the rules. Jokic is a center. I know he plays point guard on offense, but he's not a guard. Putting him at forward is ridiculous to me. Until they actually change the requirements, to me, it's like you have to pick you have to pick Jokic or Embiid for first team All NBA center, and the other one goes to second team, and that's just the way it goes. And if you want to pick one for first team and the other for MVP, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you, but I'm just telling you, I'm not risking putting Jokic at forward, and then with the dumb way they count the total votes, all of a sudden he doesn't count, and he didn't have none, and all of a sudden he's on the second team. Because we didn't do this correctly. So if I think Jokic is better than Embiid this season, I'm voting for him first team. I'm voting Embiid second team. And that's how I'm doing it. How are you doing it?
1: I really wish um, I'd had a couple more years under my belt before I got...
0: Yeah, you're a rookie. You're young. I know. Frisky. I know.
1: Impressionable. So
0: that, yeah, impressionable. <laughs> People lobbying you. <laughs> you're an easy target.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel so bad for anybody that lobbies me. Knowing there's a pretty good chance, even if it's a GM, where I'll be like, I, I doubt you've watched as many games as I have this year, so I don't want to fucking hear it.
0: I, um, I listen, I've tried to make it clear to multiple people, please don't lobby me. It makes me less likely to take your guy.
1: It's just really insulting. Yeah. You know what is. I mean? It's really insulting as if like, fine, if you don't think I pay attention, and I don't mean that I understand the game better because the GMs have to watch their own teams play all the time. Um yeah. I, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that if you if you reach out to a voter to be like, hey, you should do this. Um don't do that. Th- you're basically telling that voter he's like too dumb to n- notice what's going on. So, yeah, think I don't know. of us,
0: think Russell and I are in a cockpit flying a plane. Don't knock on the door and peek your head in and go, hey, I was thinking maybe you should take a route, maybe go through Charlotte. <laughs> like we don't want to hear from you. Let us fly the plane. <laughs> We're qualified to fly the plane. We care about this. We put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. We don't need your advice.
1: I was going through it like When you look at the historic first team stuff, it is straight up position. Now, people can argue that it's dumb and that Jokic, is he really a center? Is he really a whatever? I mean, it's kind of like the old Tim Duncan thing. Tim Duncan was a center, but he wanted to be listed as power forward. So he was listed as power forward, even though they would like bring a center in every couple of years that barely played at the end of right. those games Rasha so right right like fabricio Alberto. like you go yeah. through all these duncan years and you're like look at all the minutes and then look at all the minutes of the supposed center where duncan i mean the idea that the way duncan set up on the floor if he was playing in today's game they'd be like oh he's one of those old school centers you know right. <laughs> because of how we set up and they'd run that block action and all that kind of stuff uh it, you know like with the oscars if if i really
0: like the guy from coda but I like somebody else, the best supporting actor, I wouldn't just be like, I'm going to put the Koda guy in best actor so he has a better chance to win. Like, we, you can't change categories. Jokic is not a forward. I'm just, I'm not doing it.
1: Okay, now I'm, I'm deferring to you here on, on the history of this. Were there years where there were just three outstanding guards and one was kind of a perimeter, small forward shooting guard hybrid where, you know, that's probably the easiest one to kind of manipulate it a little bit. I know what it says on basketball reference. I know what it says with certain players of where they're aligned on ESPN.com. The There's people that track the minutes part of it, but I'm always kind of like, are you tracking the minutes where they're actually on the floor? Or are you tracking like which game they start, which they're supposedly assigned some position? So were there years where they just said, ah, you know what, we're going to kind of bend this a little bit and put three, what we would see as guards, but all make first team. No, we don't. We didn't do it. Like,
0: for instance, two two 2014, Durant, that was the year uh, Cleveland. I'm sorry, Miami lost to San Antonio in the finals. The rematch finals. The best two players that year were Kevin Durant and LeBron James. The third best player was probably Blake Griffin. And Blake was the third forward. He finished third in the MVP voting. Just the way it works. You go back into the '90s and the 2000s, over and over again. There was sometimes there were three guys for two spots. You go back to the 2000, early 2000s, especially when we had the Weber and Duncan and Dirk and, um, Garnett. And it's just like, got to pick two. So for us to say now, well, it's more positionless basketball, which I agree with, by the way, but they haven't changed the actual requirements. So we can't just kind of make it up for until they change the requirements. We have to go by how we're supposed to pick it, which is guard forward center and Jokic and Embiid are centers. And I think to just be like, oh, well, let's vote one of them for forward to get around this. That would, we haven't done that for 70 years. Why are we going to do it this year?
1: People hate anything that's traditional now, though. So I think there's going to be. I get it. Yeah. I I wonder, I think more people are going to disagree with you. I think the reaction to this would be like, oh, that's stupid. Um, Here's what happens. If you do it that way, if you go say Jokic, because it feels like Jokic has more momentum as the MVP, at least from what I've seen. Um, and I know ESPN had the straw poll up there too, so it felt like it was Jokic has more momentum than Embiid. So if it's Jokic, then it's Giannis. Well,
0: Jokic is minus two forty on FanDuel now for MVP, and Embiid's plus two thirty.
1: Okay, Giannis so there you go. is
0: plus five fifty. So yeah, he's a pretty decent favorite now.
1: Okay, so if you went Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Booker, Luca, is that your first team? Well, so this leads to the second conundrum. Because honestly, I'll just I'll tell you that I did it this morning. If you go that route, it's actually not that hard to figure out the three teams.
0: Well, that that was a benefit, but my question is is Durant a first team All NBA guy? Durant's better than Tatum. He's a better player. He's one of the best players in the league. He right now, um he has played, I think, fifty I got one, it. 50,
1: 51 games, and then Tatum's played seventy three.
0: Right. So he's Four games left, he'll get to 55. Now, this is important. This is how much I care about this. This is why I don't need anyone's advice. I went through all the All-NBAs to see lowest games played. Look at you. For somebody who made first team. Thank you for this. Bernard King, 1985, 55 games, first team All-NBA forward. So we have planted our flag with that. We have Bill Walton, 58 games, 1978, first team All-NBA center. And Shaq, 2006, 59 games. First team all NBA center. Now, COVID season. Why did Durant miss these games? He had that one injury where he missed, I think, 21 games because he got hurt. He had a legit injury.
1: Yeah, the MCL, right?
0: He also had the fucking, I was too close to somebody who had COVID and I can't play for three games. I think that happened to him twice. The other games that he missed were like bogus COVID air injuries. So normally my whole thing was like, I want you to play in two thirds of the games, which if he plays these last four, he's going to. So it's going to come down the wire. If it's 54, I don't think I'm going to vote for him first team on second team. But if he gets to 55, as dumb as this sounds, that's enough for me. And I, I I want him to be a first team NBA guy. He's one of the best guys in the league. And it's not his fault. He was hanging out next to, you know, Buddy or Bobby who had COVID and he didn't realize that he had to miss four games. This was a stupid year. We have to relax. The game's played at least a little bit, right?
1: Across the board because Tatum yeah. and Jokic uh, and DeRozan... They're the exceptions. I throw Trey Young in there as well. You know, yeah. Guys are going to land on like 75, 76 games by the time this thing is all said and done. Uh, I have no issue with any pro-Durant argument. None. I mean, just, I just to say it now. Anybody that wants to come with me to say, hey, do you want to hang out and talk about how awesome Durant is? Yeah, absolutely. Pull up a chair. <laughs> yeah, Durant. I,
0: like Durant's 37-6 and six this year. 30 points a game. 52-39-90 splits. 26 PER. 64% true shooting, only 31.5 usage. His He's had, what, 30 guys on his team? Night to night, he has no idea who's playing with. And he's one of the best players in the league. And if he's going to play 55 games, he has to be first team all-NBA. So, and I say this as a Boston fan who would really enjoy it if Tatum got there, but it is what it is.
1: Okay. I, I well, think it's so, a little ridiculous, though, when you go, like, if it's 54, he's second team, if he 55, he's sec- he's first team. Um, but it's, it's a little bit like the all-star voting. I was voting just saying, world.
0: I didn't want to make history with the vote, I guess oh. is my point. Like Bernard huh. at 55 to me is like the, that's, I have somebody I can point to. Well, Bernard made it at 55, so now I get Durant. Now that's, but that's without
1: COVID that we know of.
0: Oh, good point. So, may, all right, fine. If he gets to 54, that's two-thirds of the season. I can have him first team. He's better than Jason Tatum. I love Jason Tatum, but he's better.
1: I am okay with the voting process having just a little bit of what is your standing in the game. Not like what's your career resume. But right now, if we're talking about you can't get to five players in the league without saying Durant's name, it just sort of sucks for Tatum in this amazing turnaround and the chance that they're still, what? They're two games out of the number one seed of well, the Miami ca- team.
0: Yeah, caveat. If they get a one seed, I think you have to rethink Tatum and first team on NBA. What if one Katie- seed's like a legit
1: thing. <laughs> What if KD plays 53 games and the Celtics finish a game out of first? <laughs> now now my, now my brain's going to break.
0: Oh, listen, Tatum's been awesome. And I think him making second team All-NBA and probably getting either fifth or sixth in the MVP is a huge thing for him, right? That's, he, he's already a winner. So I don't know. I just think you and I both think Giannis is 1A and Durant's 1B or Durant's 1A and Giannis is 1B, whatever it is. You're just talking about guys you'd want for... A playoff series or a playoff game. Those are the two guys. And to not have him on first team onBA NBA because his buddy who was visiting him in Brooklyn or whoever, however, he was had close proximity for the three games he needed to make it a lot more logical to bet him first team. By the way, I was looking through, you'll love this before we'll, we'll get to teams in one second, but you'll love this least amount of games. Somebody made first, uh, first or second team onBA NBA, Gus Johnson, 1966, Forty-one games. Forty-one games. No, he's a forward. Forty-one games made it. Now they had less games back then, but uh, then we had Pippen in nineteen ninety-eight. Forty-four games, thirteen All NBA. The the last year, the last dance year,
1: he got voted in, thirteen All NBA forward. But the other thing that you're doing, which which I know you're doing, is that it isn't just the number of games. It's also okay. But who were you going up against? And There's weird years where you'll look through it. Like, I felt like the league didn't have a bunch of two guards for a long time. Yeah. You're like, do you see the drop off after like the top four two guards? You're like, wow, that's a bad group. And right now with the forwards. Centers in the 2000s. Centers had a brutal stretch. But like, when you look at the forwards, there's a handful of them that are the single best players in the game. And then it gets, it gets real light. Like there's all of a sudden it's Pascal Siakam. Who? Whoa. But see, the forward thing, because I, I don't know. I mean, are we doing the rest of the teams now? Yeah, do boot. it.
0: You go. Why don't you give yours and I'll give mine?
1: I had Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Booker, Luka mm. with, with obviously the caveat that I could change my mind because of how much wait, I we This
0: is our snapshot with four games to go. Right. So we had the same. I have Durant in the Tatum spot.
1: Then I had Embiid, DeRozan, Durant, Steph and Ja. Steph still played 64 games. All right, um, you, I'm glad you're sitting down. I have Trey over Curry. Okay. Floor's yours. I, yeah. The stats are insane.
0: I looked at it pretty carefully. He's going to end up playing 12 more games. Steph's at 64. Trey's going end up like 76. Trey's averaging 28, 10, and 4. 20 points a game. His splits, 46%, 38%, three, 90% free throw, 25.5 PR. And he's going to end up at like 76, 77 games. Curry is 26, five, and six, 44%, 38%, three, 21.5% PR. If you're going advanced metrics, Trey Trey beats him in every respect. If you go eye test what you mean to a team, leadership, better record, it's Steph. But I watched this, I think Trey's kept this Atlanta team afloat. That team's a mess. Like that, that they lost John Collins for the year. Guys in and out. Cam Reddish is out.
1: Um Oh, Cam Reddish is out. You well, already I'm, get the Cam Reddish just, part of the I'm argument. It's like
0: they we went into the season thinking, oh man, this is this deep athletic, awesome team. And it's like one thing after another went terrible. The only guy that's been good for them is Trey. Who else is it's, who else has been reliable? And His numbers are team? incredible.
1: No, I mean there's all sorts of guys that go through these massive shooting slumps for them. Uh up until what a week and uh, ten days ago, they were they won five in a row. So now they're over five hundred. They were thirty six and thirty seven. I tweeted out something being like they're the most confident thirty six and thirty seven team I've ever seen. They're <laughs> the most dis- they're the most disappointing team in the East. Bill,
0: I get it. I don't think any of it's Trey's fault though. I think it's a weirdly constructed team that was a little too big for its britches last year. But from what I've seen, especially down the stretch, it seems like he's. Trying to play them into some sort of momentum as we head toward the thing. they they've had a nice right stretch. Now.
1: They've had a nice stretch for a couple, you They're know, two like behind 10 days Cleveland. Like
0: yeah, I'm just uh, saying. I have by a hair right now, Trey. But I okay, might but change if you apply mind.
1: if you apply your KD rule to this, there's no way you would have Trey over Steph.
0: I guess my question is: Did Steph have that good of a year? By his standards, no. It was like what the seventh best year of his career. His team hasn't even won 50. That's not the game. His team hasn't even won 50 games yet. It's not like if if you're telling me this is a two seed, 60 wins, his stats are a little off, but look what he means. I'm in. But now you're telling me, man, there might be a four seed and he's having the seventh best year of his career. I don't know. Trey's crushes him head to head from stats. He's just better.
1: Yeah, I went with the guys that I just think are better players to winning teams.
0: And I might I might and, ver- revert back to that in a week.
1: And Trey. I'm just tell you where my head's at. The smart teams go at Trey. I mean, it's like from the jump. Yeah. And Atlanta has to figure out it's how fair. to like hide him sometimes defensively. And I know I'm going to hear about like, oh, well, Steph isn't that good Steph, it's it's totally different. I'm I'm just telling you. It's it's different. Um I just wish Steph had played
0: better before he got hurt. That like once
1: well, he had that two month stretch where it looked like he was the MVP. I mean, right. I, honestly, we've, tra- we've changed who the MVP is like every two weeks this season. Um, yeah, that's true. And then I think once people started defending him, he was forcing it. And then he got weird when he was changing or chasing the record. He started forcing it too. And then there was this really long stretch where he just wasn't shooting it well by his standards. Now you could look at his overall numbers and go, hey, wait, if you actually look at it, like this is pretty good. And you're like, yeah, but that's not, that's the point is like whenever we look at the greats in the game, we go. This is not the season you expect from the greatest shooter that we've ever seen, and yeah, he's he's had bad stretches, but they've they've collectively been a mess. The defense held up for a little while after Draymond was out, and then it fell off the face of the earth. So I get your point, but I still think Atlanta's actually because I had high hopes for them because of all the things you talked about. I also think Atlanta's kind of sneaky uh, a team to pay attention to this off of just going, hey, can we throw a bunch of these pieces of the team and just add a guy, the next yeah, guy that's they're mad. three
0: for one, three yeah, for one totally. with some picks, right? Wouldn't happen. I, look, Atlanta might end up at 45 and 37, something like that. And they might end up passing Cleveland and getting a seven. And so I don't know. I think it's tight. I just didn't love the way Steph, I didn't love his second half of whatever those 64 games were. I just didn't feel like he was awesome in those games. So, but you're right. Legacy standpoint, um, that does matter with this stuff. So who'd you have for thirteen?
1: This is where it gets a little tricky because of the forward part of it. Um, as much as I love Bam, he just hadn't played enough games and I kind of look at yeah. Cat. Cat's not perfect, but that they've figured this thing out in Minnesota, you know, and it's something you hope to build on. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. And somebody who was I think just a mess defensively, you know, his help was was bad or he didn't know what he was doing, like it's it's all he's competitive with it at least now and I mean he shoots the hell out of the ball. So I think if we're going just straight center then it's Cat. I have them too. Then it's LeBron and Trey, who are my certainties for third team. Mm. I'd love to find a way to do Chris Paul in that final spot. I'm not sure. Donovan Mitchell is still on the list. And that last forward thing after LeBron, that's where there feels like there's this forward gap where I go, I'm not sure what to do with that final. That's like the one those like that's the biggest question mark that I have for the all NBA teams going to the third team. I have CP3
0: and Courier-Trey, whoever I end up not putting on second team as the guards. Mitchell is just a casualty of the fact that we can only vote for six guards. I think I wish there was a way to give him one of those other spots, but the voting doesn't work that way. And you're right. It's like Levine or Siakam. Now, the LeBron thing is a really tough one. I mean, he's played 56 games. (laughs) They're 25 and 31 when he plays. The team is at one of the all-time train wreck dumpster fires. It's one of the most disappointing NBA teams in NBA history. And I I don't know why we have to be in a rush to throw him on one of the three All-NBA teams. They have the eighth worst record in the league. I am on record on this podcast in my column over and over again, not wanting to vote. Guys, on losing teams on one of the All-NBA teams. I think the winning part should matter at least a little bit. And if he's going to play 58 games and they're going to have the eighth or seventh worst record in the league, why do I have to reward him? That's the part I don't get. Like, I get it. Now, if you're going to say legacy stuff, it would be stupid not to have mine. Like, he made it in 2019, which is, he made third team, and it was like a total legacy pick. He didn't deserve to be on the team. They didn't make the playoffs. He played like 55 games. So basically, if we're going to give it to him this year, we're just saying, LeBron is on the team every year that he plays at least 55 games. He has to be on because he's LeBron James. I'm not sure the voting works that way.
1: 19, you have an argument. I don't think you have an argument this year. You can't make the Durant argument that you just did for first team with those qualifiers. And then, like, we're out of forward. Siakam has tore it up uh, the last, like, you look at his March numbers. They're incredible. I guess I always have a little bit of a problem because I feel like if he gets somebody who's really good defensively, it's like, oh, all right, Um, Jimmy Butler's missed too many games. Even though his numbers are always what really about solid,
0: Levine is eligible forward,
1: and he, I mean he is a forward. I mean LeBron's going to win the scoring title, and you're not going to put him on third team. He's going to play 56 games,
0: and they're <laughs> going to be one of the eight worst teams in the league.
1: He'll
0: be like, they congratulations, suck. here's no your third team on
1: They're they're they have a worse record since March 1st than like three teams that are tanking. Did you think but, he was fun? Did you think he was fun to play with? Do you think he made his teammates better? I don't think anyone had fun this year with that team. I think he started looking for points because we know he's chasing something here. I think he, you know it. I mean, it'll be on the next edition of the LeBron sneakers, you know, scoring title at age 37, all that stuff. Um, He was going for it. That's fine. I I just, I'm kind of at a point where I I can't make a really good argument for the other forwards that I'm on the fence about to put over him. So
0: that's the better thing. It's like, are you just shoehorning in so if LeBron doesn't make it, it's probably Levine and Siakam as the two forwards. And that's just, like, Levine, I I think I'd I'd feel better about than Siakam because Siakam, like, Waz and House and I did a thing, like, two and a half months ago where we did the worst contracts and we had Siakam on there. Like, it, his resurgence has really been 2022 where he's turned. But, like, the game today, like, he's been really good. I think he's been one of the it's top awesome. 25 guys in the league. Yeah, it's tough because, so last year I didn't vote for Bradley Beal. Because his team was losing and I thought he was going for his own stats. And I was like, I I just, those stats don't mean that much to me when your team couldn't even make the playoffs. So I'm not voting for you. He made it anyway. He made 13, but it's like, I'd already kind of planted my flag on the, I don't care about your stats. If your team can't even make the playoffs. You have a lot of flags. That's one of my flags. So now it's like, well, LeBron. He's putting up stats on a non-playoff team, but so I got to change the rules there. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to land on that one.
1: Okay, but that's back to one of the points I just made, is that you can have these rules, but you will contradict your own rules depending on the field. So that could be your Beal rule, but you may have had six better options at that position, which you likely did. That's a fair point. I'm saying with your LeBron rule, I don't know that you have six better options. Like My guards, I got it. I got Booker, Luka. Mitchell Mitchell would be an awesome option if... Right. I got Steph, jaw guy. and then Trey so my five guards are good like the, I, I don't know how I would argue like you we talk about slotting Trey yeah. over over Steph which I you know I think there probably be a lot of people that would agree with you on that one I'm the wrong guy to argue that with but Trey's on it Trey's on it uh, wait a second
0: you know I love Steph Steph's, Steph's one of my all-time no I know that I know I that. just don't know I I just don't know if
1: Hey, look! I can't, I, I, I can't win a stats argument. I can't which, no, with stats, but
0: I don't love the stats argument only because your defense piece with Trey I think matters and should factor into whether he gets second team or third team. But you know, if they run the slate and they finish the season with on like a nine or ten game winning streak, whatever it would end up being, and Trey's playing the way he's playing, I, I, that would give me pause. Let's let's take a break because I have a couple more LeBron things I want to hit. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need. Have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. One more thing on LeBron. I saw this Anthony Davis quote. Mike Andrews tweeted it. After the loss today, the Lakers lost again. He said, quote, that's the most frustrating part of this season, not being sure of what we could have been. I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure what the Lakers could have been. I That team made no sense from the moment they threw it together. They had a bunch of washed up dudes or never wases. They had a Westbrook situation that they never figured out from the first game. And LeBron and Davis together were 17 and 20 when they played. They were a 500 or worse team, no matter how healthy those two guys were. But then you think like, you also build a big three with all of these 12 men basically, but you have LeBron in year 19 and you have Davis who gets hurt all the time. So you can't be shocked that this didn't work out and that you had injuries. Like I was looking at LeBron's missed games from 2003 to 2014, first 11 years of his career. He missed 46 games total. Goes back to Cleveland next four years, misses 25 games total.
1: And by the way, there was one stretch in there, or maybe two stretches where it was almost like scheduled time off too. Remember when right. he went back to Cleveland and was never just like, got my, injured, back never. Is, my back isn't right. So it wasn't like he was even hurt. It was more maintenance for him. I think last twice. four
0: years, Laker years, he's missed 80 games. So he's missed more games in the last four years than he missed in the 15 before. And you could say, well, it's not his fault. He sprained his ankle, but it's like, this is what happens when you get older. You become more susceptible to getting injured. You have slightly worse balance. You're carrying a little more weight. Like there's just things that are going. There's wear and tear. There's things that's happening. So I think it makes perfect sense that this Lakers season um, didn't work out. I think what's surprising me is that they're one of the eight worst teams in the league. I could have guessed they would have been like in that play-in mix that maybe they were going to be 500, that it was going to be an unhappy season. New Orleans now has like a 26% chance of getting a top four pick this year from the Davis trade because of how bad the Lakers are.
1: Wait, say that again. Say that again.
0: New Orleans has their pick. They're now in the number eight spot, which is a 26% chance for a top four pick.
1: It's not protected.
0: It's not protected.
1: People were like super unprotected the last couple of years. Tell you that. Uh, There's not a lot of protection. No. No. All right. Look, Davis has played 38 games this year. And I mean, hell, he came back today against Denver, turned his right foot again and wasn't the same guy, even though I thought he looked great. You know, uh, I think you've been on this. You've been right about it, about the way his body looked. I think he got sick of being called a pussy, essentially, by the guys on TNT. So he bulked up, came and bulked up. And that's the wrong direction. As you get older as a big guy, you should start getting thinner. Yes. Uh, unless you podcast. Maybe, so
0: maybe, uh, maybe follow Duncan and Garnett and some of these other guys who were like, "This is how
1: I'm going to keep playing." The Duncan one was masterful. Like he goes, "I'm going to get skinny." Actually, I'm going to yeah. get skinny, and then all the foot stuff. I mean, Duncan, if you go back and look, as you know, there were years like, "Oh, this is probably done," and then it was like six more years because he had one leg. It was unbelievable. So the only pushback I have, and by the way, I was wrong about a couple of things. I didn't think the team was going to be necessarily good, but. I didn't still didn't think they were going to get caught by San Antonio. I thought the Pelicans would because Pelicans have these weird numbers. They've actually been a pretty good team the last month plus, yeah. uh, statistically. But maybe it's the Popovich thing. You know, does this mean it was his final year? And didn't want to tank? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's just a theory that's out there. It gets the record. Hey, you can't tank and pops last season. And then they catch the Lakers. So I didn't think the Lakers would get caught. I'm wrong. But I still feel like I'm the only one that pushes back a little bit that. Even though the record with LeBron and AD is what it is, and it's not what 300, 500, a normal AD season, this still wouldn't have been a playing game. And I think they would have hit the trade deadline that way. And I think they would have been different with the minutes. I think if they were more competitive, that Vogel would have said, fuck the Westbrook thing, like where you're coming in the second unit. You're gonna, and it, the, the season was such a mess. It was almost like, what's the point of fixing this stuff that's just going to fall apart anyway? So I do think a normal baseline expectation Anthony Davis season the team is better not a championship contender necessarily but I feel like people completely are dismissive of that idea. You think they would have been better than five hundred? Because I do not. I think they. I don't been think they, the
0: they would have been a top six. You don't. Oh, I don't. I don't think they would have beaten Utah. I, I from a record standpoint, I don't. I they had too many terrible players out there. I mean, they had dudes, Avery Bradley, who plays all the time for them now, was cut by Golden State like a week before the season. They were like, we don't need this guy. They have a bunch of dudes who just wouldn't play for other teams. So um, I was thinking most crazy, disappointing seasons ever. You'd think this was a longer list, but it's really not. I was disappointed. I went through I, I tried to do all the research. You know, people talk about the two, the, the Nashed White Lakers, obviously, 45 and 37. Swept in round one. I think that 2014 Brooklyn team, the year after the KG Pierce trade, do you remember what their record was that year with KG and Pierce first year? 500. 44 and 38. Lost yeah. in round two to Miami. Um, that 99 Rockets team, people were bummed out by when it was like, Pippen, Hakeem, Barkley, the dream team. And they went 31 and 19 and lost in four games to the Lakers in round one.
1: And then yeah, Pippen no,
0: blowtorched his way out of there.
1: Right. That and wasn't people, good for your guy. No, it wasn't a great ending. Um, I actually bought tickets to go see Barkley's last game in Boston that season. Friday he didn't play. Night. Yeah. Uh, he blew out his quad on Wednesday. Yeah, I went to that game too. I didn't have a lot of money back then, and I bought two tickets. But he showed up. He gave a speech. He gave a speech. It was an awesome speech, so it was sort of, it was sort of worth it. I think I had an old EEI poster. Mm. I hope it's still around.
0: Other than that, you go for disappointing EI. You, you
1: should frame that one, the EI poster. When you talk I wasn't about the, quite, I wasn't quite ready for them when I applied, I was told. The disappointing um
0: I mean, mad the when the Magic got Grand Hill and T Mac and nothing happened with it. I guess that's disappointing. That was nobody's fault. But still, like, remember, it's like we got Grand Hill, we got T Mac, New Dynasty, nothing happened. I remember that was
1: like the first time I really like understood the cap space planning. Right. And being like, this John Gabriel's a fucking genius.
0: I think that was the first time anyone understood it. Even though Shaq <laughs> with Jerry West like five years earlier. So then you go to like the ni- the 76 Lakers. They traded all that stuff for Kareem, finished 40 and 42. They missed the playoffs. I I looked at this on Basketball what? Reference. Yeah. I didn't know that. So Or did it, I? And I just didn't, I don't know. There was 18 teams in the NBA that year. It was the year before the merger. They had the ninth best record and there were 10 playoff teams and somehow they didn't make it. They had, there was this weird division thing where... Were they in the for, Southwest? Or yeah, something? like t- two teams had to make it from each division. So there's this division in the West. It was like Milwaukee and Detroit had 38 wins. Both of them made it. The Lakers had 40. They didn't make it. So the, I love, I love, they fixed that rule.
1: I love looking at all those old years. Like every now and then I would just go to a wormhole and I'll be like, Rochester coming out of the West. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's teams that just switch conferences. Like Houston was in the East for some reason for a while. Then they they switched to the West. San Antonio was in the East. They well,
1: Memphis being in the West sucks. Yeah, if you really think of it, you know. What oh yeah, is? like oh, we got a we got a West Coast swag of tri cities. Well, actually, if you think
0: about it, Memphis should be in the east, and Chicago should be in the west, and probably Milwaukee too. If you're really doing this correctly, Memphis shouldn't be in the west. Memphis should not be in the west. But other than that, then we go disappointing. It's all teams that had high expectations, had good seasons, and then just didn't do well in the playoffs. So you could make a case the Lakers being one of the eight worst teams in the league, they really might be one of the most disappointing teams of all time. They might I think be on the short list.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think the victory lap on it though is them. It's the LeBron tweets like, Hey, have the same energy. And I'm just going to make a social media observation. Does it ever work out when someone says, have that same energy when dot, dot, dot. Like uh, the challenge. I, yeah. Whenever yeah. I see that presented, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't like your chances. I think people will. Have the same energy because people are going to look at LeBron and say, You put together this team. Everybody knew these guys were old. Like, yeah, Melo can make shots. He's not super interested in moving around. You set a screen on Melo, it's not going to happen. The Westbrook thing, which LeBron was 100% behind, which he will distance himself through the media this offseason, which you and I have talked Mm. about, is I wish I could bet money on this happening because what day is that coming out? Uh, The season's going to need a little air to breathe, but there will be a major. Media member that will write a piece that will say that LeBron actually, if you dig into it, wasn't fully on board with the Westbrook acquisition. Someone will write it. I think they have to wait until they
0: are able to trade Westbrook, and I think within thirty-six hours of that trade, the as Brian Curtis calls it, the empty the notebook piece, or or the no, he calls it the why didn't you tell us this before piece? <laughs> right when the guy gets traded or leaves and all of a sudden two days later is the huge feature about what a pain in the ass the guy was or all the dysfunction behind the scenes. And I don't think they can do that until they can make sure they get rid
1: of him. Yeah, because I have some thoughts of who's going to write it. And I've already gotten pretty mad about it where I might say something and just go, because I already know that this is happening behind the scenes, the rumblings of... Yeah. Should we do a talk to me? Fando Sportsbook look, bet? I'm just telling you right now, somebody talked to me about it and tried to like, it was almost like a test drive with me. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm like, don't even fucking start with me on that. You know, LeBron wasn't totally on board with this. Like, don't even don't like I'm don't tell me that I don't work on the jump. All right. Like, that's not happening. And I, I almost now, because we're saying it, (laughs) I'm almost going to have respect for the person that does it. (laughs) Because it's going to be so ridiculous.
0: I, I, it's just too many ways to get in trouble right now. Can we do? Can we play a little (laughs) game called Unexpected Final Season Watch? Yes, good pivot. So here's the point of this game. This happens every year. Sometimes you just don't realize. Oh, this guy's time is about to come to an end in City X or Team X or whatever, and it's like. I should have realized that in the moment, but I didn't. But So anyway, I'm going to throw some names at you. Unexpected final season watch. Meaning this was their final season. And we didn't realize it in time. Donovan Mitchell in the Utah Jazz. Scale of one to 10. How surprised would you be if he's in another uniform in November? Surprise scale? Yeah. 10 is most surprised. One is least. Oh, no, is 10 least surprised, one's most surprised?
1: Oh, I say let's let's keep it 10 big surprised. 10 most surprised.
0: Okay, so one is least surprised. Donovan Mitchell on a different team next year.
1: One. One is least surprised. I think if you had to do a fantasy draft of guys most likely to be somewhere else, he might be the first pick. I mean, look, the the rumblings have been going on forever. And I think this is a very important season for Utah.
0: This I've just audibled the idea. We're now doing a draft. So Donovan Mitchell is your first pick.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, seriously, if you were giving me the league yeah. on like the next guy that matters, right? That's really yeah. important. That's good that everybody else would want. Yeah, I would take him first. I like well, it. Okay, what do you think of that though? Like, would you would you take somebody else first? I would also take him first.
0: I think... Look, we're betting on the recent history of the league and every year the yeah. recent history of the league is Superstar X decides he doesn't want to be somewhere and it ends way faster than you think. And in this case, there are some teams that could, you know, do some pretty big-ass packages. You also have Danny Ainge there. I think they'll try to trade Gobert first, but they will not bring this team back. Like, this team now is like, dude, it's. it reminds me of those mid-2010s Clippers teams where it's like, all right, this is done. Like, we this is not broken. There's no, yeah, cause it back. sucks.
1: Cause, cause they actually, when they're healthy, they're still a pretty good team, you know? Yeah. And I, I really liked what I saw in the Milwaukee w- loss at home a few weeks mm. back. I was like, you oh. know what? I, you know, there's, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a pushover sometimes when I just like what I see as opposed to the results, the age part. I don't know what it means. I, I would, I would say Utah has been pretty aggressive of trying to make sure it is as catered to Donovan Mitchell as it can possibly be with some of the hires that I've, I've heard about potentially, but you know, I don't, I don't really know if any of that stuff's going to work out, and I don't know. Maybe if you went to him and said, "What if we get rid of Gobert first? And I'm not even talking about them not getting along. Just uh, hey, let's change it up. He's an asset. Can we figure something else out here? And I'm not even talking about the dynamic between the two of them. Just hey, we lose in the first round or whatever. If that happens, you know, hey, do we have to do something different, coach? I would I imagine they're going to exhaust every possible way to see which direction he has to go. But if you want to get your way, you got to be tough about it. You know, you can't do the the Dame Lillard thing where you're still not sure because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to piss off the city. The KG thing. Like KG, it took forever for him to finally be like, all right. Yeah, he was like,
0: he he took three years too long. So Danny, the history of this with him is, he did this with Paul Pierce in 2005. He had the trade lined up with Portland. He was going to trade for the, I think it was the number three pick in the draft before they traded back and took Martel Webster. And Pierce found out about it and his whole team threw his body in front of it and ended up staying. But that trade was going to happen. It was going to be Pierce and and the Celtics were going to get Chris Paul and they were going to reboot. Danny in 2013, same thing. He felt like something had come to an end with Pierce and Garnett and Doc and all those guys and he rebooted. Like he will reboot if he has to. And it, depending on how much of a say he has with Utah, which I think he does, if he's looking at this Mitchell thing and he's like, this guy's not going to be happy here He's probably going to leave at the end of his next contract. Um, Let's let's just pounce now, and we'll get this guy back. And I like this guy, and we could get this top pick or whatever it is. I think he'll convince them to do it. And then the other piece of it is if Mitchell just says, "Get me out of here," which who knows? I think he'd be careful because those fans are pretty passionate.
1: But right, but you know he's still under contract for a while here too. You know, like the extension, um, is new here. Right. So it's like uh, four
0: years. But as as you've said on this podcast and on your podcast, like the length doesn't matter anymore.
1: No, the it doesn't matter out. anymore. I know. The guy wants I know. out, they're getting yeah. out. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you, if Mitchell doesn't make All-NBA, that can speed this up. Because he's just like, wow, we're a six seed. Nobody talks about our team. Nobody thinks we have any real upside. And um, on top of all this, I'm not even an All-NBA player. I need to go to a bigger market. Could happen.
1: Would you do Jalen Brown and Grant Williams and Pritchard seasoning? Stop. Not touching my J's. Um,
0: okay. No, I think it would be, I think the Knicks would overpay for him. I do. With what? I think that, I think they would go RJ and lots
1: of picks. Oh, you think they'd move RJ for him? I do.
0: I have no inside info. I'm it's usually saying, not how like, those
1: trades work out. Have you, by the way, have you checked out any Randall games in New York? That no. doesn't get nearly enough attention for how checked out. He is. Like I, don't,
0: I don't understand what happened with that. Like yeah, why did I, he re up there and like what what happened to well, like break it?
1: He oh, because so, it was just the money. I mean, it's a good thing he did re up when he did because if he were hitting the market, oof, be a disaster.
0: All right. My first pick for don't be surprised that this is suddenly their <laughs> last season.
1: I love what this has turned into.
0: <laughs> my first pick is DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns.
1: Ooh, spicy. Yeah, thanks.
0: I think they sniffed around before the season started. I think they sniffed around near the deadline. And I am not convinced that that team is going to pay for like three and two-thirds max guys in the same season. I don't see it. So I think I could see a move where they move him and get a cheaper option back and some other stuff and point to like, look at all these other teams that like just get like a 10 and 10 from their center and it's it's really about the perimeter guys and they'll spin it however they want. That would be my first pick.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you some props here. You've been very good on the eight and stuff. Thank um, you. Where I thought like, okay, fine, they didn't want to do what Denver did, which is a much bigger risk with Michael Porter Jr. considering all the red medical flags that he had coming out Um where... I've been like, well, if the team doesn't have to do it, they don't have to do it. And then if he go gets an offer somewhere else and they just go ahead and match it and they did him a favor because it's a shorter term deal. So whatever, like Sarver's the cheapest. He shouldn't own a basketball team for a million different reasons. It's been covered on and on again. So I just thought like, ah, whatever. You know, like I almost thought you were being a little dramatic about it. But it's, it's gone in your direction the entire time. So now I have much more of an open mind for Sarver in particular and because your information has been very good on this. And by the way, side note, more praise. It's not about Grantland. You've been good on the Brady stuff, Arians, the expansion. Thank you. Brady's retirement and the unretirement. Um, you saying
0: I'm on a hot streak?
1: You are. You are. You're. You're doing well, man. Um, we're going
0: to bring in a third person to be in our unexpected final season watch draft. Who doesn't know he's in the draft? Kyle, can you bring him in? All right, Joe House is joining us. He's going to talk Masters with us a little bit later. But House, we're in the middle of an unexpected final season draft. Which players would you be least shocked if this was suddenly their final season for an NBA team? Which stars? Russilla went first. He took Donovan Mitchell. I went second. I took DeAndre Ayton. Now you're up. First round. You could have anybody that this the, the all of a sudden this guy could be on a different team next year and you wouldn't be shocked. Who is it?
2: Oh, wow. Right on the spot. Jimmy Butler. Wait. I had him on my board. Wow. What
1: That's we saw one. over the
2: last couple of weeks, you know, at some point,
1: Pat Riley is like, "Yeah, I've had enough of the bullshit. <laughs> what do you think of that, Roussela? I feel like the Heat are going to be in the NBA finals. And I'm going to go, I still don't see it. <laughs> 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 I'm there right now.
2: Did you, did you see the Vic Oladipo 21 points? Oh, he, tonight? Lit it,
1: he lit it up today, Unbelievable. man. Unbelievable. He, he looked great. And by the way, Oladipo's looked terrible for the most part. Like his numbers weren't very good. I would say athletically, you know, Oladipo. I don't know where we're going to see prime athletic Oladipo. He was terrific today against Toronto. So seventh you're game saying- back. seventh game back. So let's see what happens. But finally, we saw something really good because the other games had not been that good. What's interesting about him as a playoff guy is he could just.
0: You know, if he's like their seventh man, two times in a totally. playoff series, the guy could, you know, win them a half. Yeah. Who do you have? Who are you picking next, Russell?
1: Okay. A lot of good options here still on the board. Love, love all the options. I almost want to make a Harden joke here and take them, (laughs) but I'll hold off the comedy routine here for later rounds. Give me Zion.
0: Amazing. So there's been some Zion. He lost some weight. The Pelicans are looking good. I've even seen a couple tweets about David Griffin's turned this thing around. He's on
1: the road trip, by the way. There was rumblings He's on the machine.
0: It's yeah. back. They're back. It's like Ben Affleck and J-Lo, Griffin and the Pelicans. I uh he would have been my next pick, Rasilla. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly it. agree. It would be the first time somebody got traded before their giant contract kicked in, since we've had like the Maxes
1: and all that stuff. So that it would make history if that hey, when we When we did a preview this summer, I said. As much as I love him, let's not forget, I mean, after Duke gets eliminated, it felt like everybody was rooting for North Carolina on Saturday night because it was one of the great games ever. Zion, I was rooting for Duke. I loved him that much. That's how much I didn't want to stop seeing him play. Like Zion did the impossible. He got people that were just casual fans to, like, root for a team that everybody roots against. So I still want to see it work out. But even going back to last summer, guys, I remember thinking, like, you have to have some really hard conversations if you're David Griffin and maybe do something unprecedented here because he doesn't want to be there. It's very clear. This season has been another mess. I don't understand him releasing the photo of him dunking as if it's almost to say, like, I am ready to go which is like, well, wait, dude, every every indication any of us got that had any information on this is that there's been this massive disconnect the whole time, which is backed up by the C.J. McCollum All-Star Break interview where he was like, I haven't even talked to him, but C.J. specifically did for a reason to kind of like get that out and, and maybe rattle the cage a bit for Zion and be like, you know, you need to be professionals here and figure this kind of stuff out. I wouldn't want to give him the extension knowing that almost every team just would. Yeah, so. Well,
0: also, if you think like, you got Jonas and you have CJ and you have Ingram and you like some of your young guys. You have all these picks coming. Maybe you turn did Zion know one more awesome player and you're fine anyway. Um, we're going to take a break and then we're going to finish this draft. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game, and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? Little doubleheader, little NBA doubleheader, right? In the first half of the first game. I don't know West Coast time. That's usually about five o'clock, five thirty. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at miclobultra.com slash courtside LDA twenty-one and up. All right, we're gonna finish the unexpected final season watch draft. Joe House is now here. I'm I'm just going to go chalk. Gobert is the best guy on the board. He's the best asset. He's the most likely trade. He should have gone sooner, but it's just not fun to take him in the top four. But now it's like you're just looking at it going, all right, I'd twist my arm. I'll take Rudy Gobert. I, if Mitchell stays on Utah, Gobert is on another team next year. So I, I don't even think we need to talk about that. House, who do you have for uh, your pick? I really, really, really want to say LeBron James
2: because... I absolutely adore the narrative of him and Clutch saying, Oh, you think you got us LA suck on this. And they all pick up and they evacuate. They all go home. They laid the foundation to be going home to Cleveland. I just can't get there because, um, I feel like L- LA is where LeBron in his heart wants to, wants to be. He He believes he's, he's a, Hollywood star and he's not going to abandon it so quickly. So, I will say Kyrie. Um, Mm. I I, I think (laughs) the... Now, I don't have a great answer for what they get in return for him, but the experience of having a player... (laughs) It's very funny for Brooklyn. They have a player who chose to not play any regular season games this whole season and then a a player who could only play at most half the games this this past regular season. Um, Somebody that's going to play. I think KD has the right to ask for somebody who will come play basketball with him in Brooklyn.
0: You know, what are they, like 17 and 23 at home? or 17 and 21 at home, something like that? I got to say, I don't think Kyrie leaves. I think him and Durant have this insane bond that I don't fully understand. Really seems like those guys like genuinely love each other. Like, like in a really unique basketball way that uh, almost like what LeBron and Wade were like there for a while. They really seem like they're just aligned. So I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. But I thought, House, I thought that was a very good pick. Any thoughts on that, Russillo?
1: If he declines the player option, he's eligible for five years, about $250 million. He's not getting that. What if Durant's like you're giving it to him? You know, I really think that front offices now, they look at it, and it's the same thing as the Harden thing. Harden, I think at 2027, is going to eclipse 60 million on whatever the new format of his extension would be, which I also think is kind of a weird thing too, because there was like a deadline there that he missed. And I was going back and reading some of the stuff he said, but you never going to hold coaches and players accountable to saying that this is where they want to stay and they never want to leave. But like the back end numbers of Harden are scary as hell. Giving Kyrie 250 million makes zero sense. But I feel like the teams operate with, uh, you know what? we got to spend the money on somebody. So if it's a two-year window that's absurd at the back end, we'll just do it. And I think that's what teams do.
0: I don't think you can do it with Kyrie. I don't know who you're bidding against.
1: What if Durant says you're doing it? Because you're right.
0: But they say, Kevin, you're under contract for the next few years, and we're not doing it. And if you want to get upset about that, we're pretty sure the Nets fan base is probably on our side that we can't give this guy $250 million who played. 20 games this year. Sorry. Rosilla, you're up. All right. I can't I can't wait for this
1: pick. There's some good ones left. really are. Board stacked. Um, I'll do it just because it's the best odds, but I don't actually don't. I'm not going to say I don't know what's going to happen because I don't have any information on it. But the fact that Anthony Davis has been circulated as a potential trade piece tells mm. you that I think. Team LeBron is maybe throwing that out there to some, not LeBron himself, but other people are throwing it out there to kind of like take a temperature on what that is. Now, the problem is, is it's what, what do you believe? Because I've heard people say, oh, well, what are you going to get for Anthony Davis at this point? I think that's wrong. I think there'd be other teams that go, hey, we get him in here. We make him the focal point of the second half of his career. We get the, nutri- we get nutrition training, all this shit. We get it right. We get him away from LA and all this stuff. He is an impressionable guy. So like in a good way, he's, he probably will adapt to whatever it is that you want from him. but." The assets have to be really special, even if you think his value's diminished because you're still figuring this thing out on the fly and you're not going to get draft picks and young maybes back for Anthony Davis. So this trade for Davis in a normal NBA landscape, we already know what the pieces are. LeBron's not going to want any of those. He's going to want real guys coming back. So it complicates it. So I take him as a value pick, but there's a lot of arguments against it happening.
0: It'd be interesting if... like, this trade wouldn't happen, but it's something like Ayton and Mikhail Bridges and other stuff for Davis, but Phoenix isn't doing that. But that's what you would need like these two big chess pieces back for him that LeBron could win with right away. I think the Knicks would overpay for him. I think the Knicks are ready to dive in this summer. That's my take. I think they're Who's the guys... most attractive player from the Knicks, though? Who do you want from the Knicks? Listen, the Knicks fans love RJ and they should. RJ has been really good. And I, I have Knicks fans in my life who was like, RJ is untradeable. Like if we're going to do trades, Julius. <laughs> RJ is uh, untradeable. Julius, our guards, and you can have seven of our picks, but we're not trading Randa. Uh, we're not
1: trading RJ. We need I RJ. I he's tradable.
0: I, the Knicks fans who watch the Knicks are all in on RJ. And I like, I like RJ.
1: Too. If you just look at the metrics, you're not going to love it. But I do think that RJ turns some kind of career corner yeah, the last he's couple of Yeah, He's a kid. Yeah, I'm I'm into RJ. But normally these trades, just we go back in history, but that's why the Davis thing is complicated. It's we don't, we're not going to solve your problem. You know what I mean? So RJ plays with whatever we bring back. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't trade you a player for your guy. We just give you a bunch of maybes. I am taking with
0: my next pick, uh, just because I can't believe he's still on the board, James Harden <laughs> of the Philadelphia 76ers. It's just good value. It is You know, guy, you get the guy who quit on his team twice in 13 months. Who knows how terrible this playoffs could go for him and them? I, I have no idea. Um it does allow me to ask you guys about the Philly sliding doors. Kyle, turn the camera. If Philly just trades Ben Simmons two months ago for CJ McCollum, are they much better off? Versillo, you go first.
1: We all know the trade was out there forever. Uh, I'm a CJ fan. I still think peak CJ isn't peak Harden, but I don't like when's the Harden. When's it gonna like click? When's it does gonna peak, happen? Does peak Harden exist? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's got he's got two major issues right now he, he doesn't move all that well and he doesn't finish at the rim he's basically the worst at the rim since he's since he was a, a rookie and uh you know he still has his moments he's always going to put up numbers because And the other thing they're doing too like there's a lot of possessions they may not fall into the isolation category for him but there's a lot of these possessions where it's like hey we're just going to watch you dribble here for 20 seconds man <laughs> well and they can run the pick and roll when when the
0: basket's being protected by laurie markinen but yeah, when we, we get to the actual today. playoffs, that's going to be a little different. House door A is James Harden and and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Door B is CJ McCollum, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, and two first round picks. It, Which door do you like? Which door do you want to walk through?
2: It's definitely door B. It's door B. I mean, we 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 know this because the single thing to me that's been the the. The true brilliance of the of the trade from Brooklyn's point of view is how m- what it did to the depth of, of Philadelphia and how important that depth was. Yeah, for the Sixers, I mean, they're they're just they have nothing off the bench. They have does, nothing
0: off does the bench. Daryl hate depth, Bill. No, I, I I was thinking I was talking about this with somebody this weekend. Daryl, one of the smartest guys I've befriended over the years. Really, really Spock-like. Spock, old Star Trek reference for the people under 25. He's a Vulcan who had no human emotion. Is it a a compliment? No, he just, he he took emotion out of all of his decisions. He looked at it as rationally and analytically as possible. And I think James Harden was his kind of kryptonite because I think he had a great relationship with the guy and I think he was with him in Houston when Harden was fucking incredible. And I think he assumed that Harden was unhappy that last Houston season, that he was unhappy in Brooklyn and that when he came to Philly, he was going to blossom into the old James Harden. But I think that guy might be gone and he's still good. He's still one of the 30 best guys in the league. But I think they thought they were getting the guy like when we did the, the, uh, one of the podcasts right around the trade, and KOC was like, I'm all in on this trade. And I, by the way, I think he was right. He's like, they're getting James fucking Harden. James Harden's amazing. Like you have to do this trade every time, and I, I was like, yeah, but what if that guy's gone? Like that—that that was a real question that we were wondering: Is that guy still there? I haven't seen from these Brooklyn games. The 2018 Harden is gone.
1: This version of Harden's good, but that yeah. guy's gone. Yeah, I, you know, he might be gone. He might be gone. I still like to trade because of the arguments around how much the simmons value had declined so i feel like i'm arguing both sides of this because i was like okay wait like people kept thinking like the longer this went by the way that guy still hasn't played yet as you said earlier might not even play which is kind of like i don't think he's playing this year but i will always have a problem here we go i will always have a problem with a competitive athlete who's okay playing like shit on purpose Twice in thirteen months. Me too. I think and that's
0: beyond a red flag.
1: Can you imagine Giannis going? I'm going to play like shit for a month. Just and also, just and cause. you didn't
0: mention the playoff performance yet. There, there are two really no. big red flags with this guy.
1: And <gasps> we went over I've those. Also, I think two pods ago. I got them. Still got them right here.
0: I
2: want to be. A, I want a little bit of a, a hardened and truther angle, though. Kay. What if he really has been injured? And what if the right grade to assign at this moment? Is just incomplete. Let's let him. It's a good what if. There's no point right now for us to render judgment on the value and quality of that trade. The playoffs start in ten days. Let's 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 see playoff James. Doesn't have a great track record. I understand. I concede see it. But look, he's never played with a big man like Joel Embiid, and maybe some of this. Uh, iteration of Philadelphia has been a bit of a chemistry experiment out of Doc. Again, not a guy with a great track record in terms of personnel and rotation. But I'm just saying, the the grade for right now is incomplete.
0: Let's let the playoffs begin. I don't know. Part of the reason you make that trade is they don't want to squander this incredible Embiid season. But they created a team that I don't think the three of us feel like has a realistic chance to win four straight playoff rounds. Does Are it they like in that? anyone's
1: top three in the East right now?
0: No, I mean, you even go to FanDuel, I was looking at the East odds and they were fifth in the East. Yeah, Milwaukee plus 250, Brooklyn plus 360, which is crazy. Celtics plus 420, Miami plus 440, and Philly was five to one.
1: I'll tell you what they did do. They beat the shit out of the Laurie Market and Lamar Stevens at Davis <laughs> front line today. <laughs> they really
0: did. That was Work, uh,
1: fucking worked him.
0: Listen, hard might my turn around. I'm just like, I think McCollum was better than I think he was getting credit for. And I think Harden might be a little worse than people are factoring in like, Oh, he's just not happy in Brooklyn. Like it, it went a little deeper than that. So we'll see. All right. We're going to end this draft with our apologies to the guys who didn't get drafted. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns.
1: He can't be you, drafted. He can't be drafted. No, he, he played. A, about? He
0: played himself out of the draft. It was a great oh, okay. job. He would have been a Good. top three pick the last three he years. He came back for this. his
1: junior season.
0: Dame Lillard, too easy. I don't feel like it's unexpected if he gets traded. I would say it's I'd I would expect it more than I would unexpect it.
1: Um wait, this didn't turn into a surprise draft though. Then he should have been taken.
0: No, we said unexpected final season. It was unexpected that this was their final season. I don't think it's unexpected that yeah, this would be the final
1: season. On the ones we thought were most likely, didn't we?
0: Most likely that it'd also be unexpected. What were the rules again? get <laughs> it <laughs> again. I somehow, this is like top 20, top five guys. <laughs> top like 20, it. top five guys made sense. This makes sense too. It's a draft of... Guys, that it would people would be shocked if they got traded, but it's actually not that shocking. That was the draft. <laughs> That's it was fine. It, it made all sense right. to
1: me, but I, I do think the Dame thing is just—I mean, they're tanking. You need you need great internet when you watch a Portland Trailblazers game now. Yeah, and it's been going on for like a couple months. I, they are clearly on the banned list on my league pass rotation now because I was like, all right, I got it. Like, I don't really need to watch a ton of this, and. uh I wonder if they just look at it and go, hey, we get the first pick. We get a guy like Chet. He'll like it here. He'll never Mm -hmm. want to leave. And then Dame goes, what are we doing? (laughs) So.
0: Wait, before we go to the draft, can I just run through you quickly? The I'm amazed how important you are playoff all-stars.
1: I know you love this, so I want to give you the
0: floor here. I'm just You can react to each one. Miami, Max Struess. I can't believe how important he is now. He's out there a lot. He makes big shots. He was playing incredible defense on the Celtics the other night. Wasn't it? Did you see his miss dunk today? That was nasty. Good miss dunks. Phoenix, Cam Johnson.
1: He's terrific for them. And a lot of people.
0: Another didn't candidate?
1: Get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm would you. you have
0: another candidate? Or would you go Cam Johnson?
1: I can't believe Cameron Payne resurrected his career. Cause... Yeah, I don't trust him. Uh, Celtics, Al Horford. Would be my pick.
0: He's plus eight seven net this year. He's became super important as soon as Rob Williams went out. He Not was Grant. A... the The Horford numbers are actually better, as crazy as that sounds. If you look yeah, at but... like if you go advanced deep dive, I know the Grant, but Horford was this thirty five year old guy who didn't play last year. Who basically they took because they wanted to dump Kemba's contract and had their fingers crossed he could play twenty minutes a game. It is now. A crucial piece of their round one puzzle. It could be either. I'll give them Co. Memphis. Stephen Adams plays twenty-seven minutes a game for that team. There's ten rebounds. He's like their enforcer. I I thought that guy's career was over. House is nodding.
2: Well, he's the only adult. I mean that that team needs an adult, and and he is it.
1: Do you expect a Steven Adams or Serge Rusilla? I have two versions of the Steven Adams. I have the guy that I would love on my team. I know Tuffy is. I think everybody at least needs a big as an option. I also think it helps out Jackson defensively because Jackson is really adaptable to different defensive assignments. I mean, we're talking about like some really special shit from him this year. But I also think having a big guy that's going to, you know, fuck guys up a little bit. That's important. Um, but the, the Adams that I saw in that playoff series against Houston when it went seven games, that was an incredibly frustrating one. It made the open of the Every Six O'Clock newscast in New Zealand when I said he's, he plays like he's way smaller than he actually is, which I also can blame Westbrook for because I think his entire career he grabbed a rebound and it was immediately yelled at to throw it back out to somebody else. <laughs> so I think it got in his head. There are things with Adams that drive me sort of crazy. By the way, Cam Johnson, 44% from three this year.
0: You Amazing. feel it when he's not playing for them.
1: Uh, Adams, hopefully, will lead the New Zealand newspapers today. Steven
0: Adams is back, says two American guys. Uh, Milwaukee, Wes Matthews. I just can't believe he's as involved in this season as he is. I would go with him. Golden State, we don't need to talk about Jordan Poole, but he's fucking incredible. (laughs) I think Jordan Poole, probably highest Q rating of any non-all-star in the league right now for people who just love that guy. Russell is, like, lighting up right now. He loves Jordan Poole. I
1: I, I'm speechless because I'm so, I'm like, this guy's, like, we had a segment idea called recalibrated ceilings. <laughs> we could save it for next Sunday if you want.
2: That's And good. I, don't,
1: I don't know what to do. I don't, we're just telling people, to, we told the contractors, we're like, just let the sun shine in right now because we don't want to put a ceiling on any of this.
0: If Priscilla was in a front office that had cap space and Jordan Peele was like an unrestricted free agent, Max. he would he'd be maxing it out. Not even Not even a question. Philly, it's got to be Niang. How many big shots does that guy hit for them?
1: Smart player, man. Loved his game in college. Feels
0: like he's going to have to be out there for them in the playoffs, like in big moments. I think he
1: has to be one of their five guys. He gets attacked a little defensively. And it never looks great. I think he would admit that. But it works. He's a smart player. And he's always, you know, to have that kind of big, it's kind of like the Grant Williams thing. Where Grant, when he was in college, did a bunch of stuff. And you were like, okay, but how often are you going to be allowed to be this involved with what you're doing offensively? And it's like, okay, but figure this out. And when you have this big guy that can kind of just be around, but then also hit threes, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good pick. Dallas is, we already covered him, Dwight Powell,
0: who was awesome today. It's, by the way, former Celtic Dwight Powell. Does that mean they won the Rondo trade? Yeah, but maybe belatedly. Maybe the jury is still out of the Rondo trade. <laughs> still out. Still out. Because people are like, Crowder, they got all the, no. Toronto, I don't. I don't think there's an um, amazed guy in this. Thing. I do. I have one for you. Yeah, Boucher? I, Boucher. No,
1: I couldn't believe this number. The Raptors record with OG. Hmm. All right. When when I saw this, I had to go double check it because I was like, "Wait, there's is it serious?" Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of burying the lead here. Let me just double check something here. Um. Okay. All right. So going into today is what I wanted to make sure I had. Going into today, the Raptors record with OG and Anobi, 31 and 16 without 14 and 16. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So he wins that one.
0: Denver has housed this guy, Bones Highland. I do who, love Bones. Who, he's on a bender right now. He's like 15 a game, basically, <laughs> since the all-star break. He's Bones is like those guys like the like Caleb loved yesterday in the UNC Duke game. Just the, these guards that just know how to shoot and they aren't scared and they can create things and then I'm going to house and from now on I'm picking NCA just by based on what guards fit that prototype because it seems like that's the only thing that matters once we get to March Madness I'm telling
2: you when when the final four was set last week I, and, and Carolina was available at five to one it's like w- w- what's the difference between these teams why is Carolina five to one and Kansas is plus 175 yeah I'll definitely take the five to one odds on Carolina I watched Caleb Love single-handedly take out UCLA who easily could have been, in, you know, in the final. Yeah. They're g- really good.
1: Question that game for you was guys. Awesome. I really enjoyed that game. Bones Highland, Black Poku. <laughs> <laughs> does Poku had a big point guard game today? Just, you know, that confidence.
2: Trip dubs. Yeah.
1: I, I so how heavy. Many,
2: how many triple doubles does Bones Highland have?
0: He doesn't want triple doubles yet. <laughs> I don't. There's no other team that has that matters for this discussion except Brooklyn. And there, I'm amazed how important you are, guy. Is weirdly Ben Simmons because I think they're going to feel it in the playoffs when they don't have him and they have to suddenly figure out how to guard Jason Tatum or Chris Middleton or whoever in a playoff series, and no, they don't no, have the guy. No Jared Vanderbilt for the Timberwolves. Oh, that's a good one. I did, they're a non-contender to me, but that's a good one. He's he's been uh, shocking.
1: Like, he's definitely a crunch time guy for them. I like him, too. Yeah, he kind of, like, that Boston matchup was terrible because you was, like, right out of the Celtics playbook of, oh, wait, this is who your power Uh, forward is so Rob Williams doesn't have to guard him, which would have been great advice to give out to people betting on FanDuel. But there's other times at Vanderbilt where I go, you know, he's kind of important. He's important because he doesn't need anything. Saruti just, I think he's trying to get
0: me to antagonize you, he asked if Kevin Love is the, I'm amazed how important you are guy for Cleveland. I, I was amazed when he threw the most important inbounds pass of the game to the other team today. Wasn't great. Not the way
1: you wanted to end that one.
0: Yeah, it's tough. You would think like with Mobley and Jared Allen out, Kevin Love would have stepped up today, but wasn't even out there in crunch time. Um, all right. House, who do you like in the East before we get to golf? Milwaukee. Yeah, me too. So we all like Milwaukee. Milwaukee Phoenix. I, Phoenix is still plus 115 to win the West and FanDuel. And I I'm, just don't understand why I, I haven't wagered on that yet. I just don't see anybody beating them unless somebody on Phoenix gets injured. That's the only scenario. I think they're uh, the best you, team. Did you say you haven't bet it? You've been touting the fact that it's plus odds for a few weeks well, now. I did, we, I did the, the Milwaukee Phoenix finals bet and I did a Boston phoenix finals bet but i didn't just okay. bet it straight up because the odds at that point you just bet it series by series you're gonna yep. do the same yeah yep. all right we're gonna take a break come back and house is going to uh tell us master's bets this episode is brought to you by simply safe summer is all about fun vacations but i know that being away from home could be stressful so many things can happen that's why i like to recommend simply safe award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away the only thing you should worry about while i are on vacation is having too much fun having my home. It's great. Couldn't work better. I think simply safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 seven professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get twenty percent off any Simply Safe system with Fast Protect Monitoring at Simplysafe.com slash BS. That is simplysafe Safe with two us, SimplySafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash in every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple card with Apple Pay Purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium apple card or virtual card member. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch subject to credit approval
1: terms apply.
0: All right, House. FanDuel, our friends, gave us a very special opportunity for the 2022 Masters to create some special bets. You love golf betting more than anyone I know. Russell, have you been to the Masters?
1: Yeah, I have. It's amazing.
0: What's sam- what was your sandwich? I didn't make any, but I we had, no. When did Bob? Were you like <laughs> egg salad or
1: no? I think PB&J? egg salad. He knows think... egg salad is like I can't even believe people order it when there are other I, options. I, think it's,
0: I also think it's disgusting.
1: It's so disgusting. I can't even stand looking at it. If I know somebody that orders it, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I uh, order it and I love it. Okay. Well, there my you go. Salad. I tried to buy the pimento, not for me. I, you know, I went with a couple of the chicken sandwiches. You know what I really love, though, is the peach ice cream sandwich. And mm. I'm, I'm telling you, because a non golf guy, it's one of the five best sporting events I've ever attended. It is that. It blew my expectations out of the water. It's one of the few things I usually, when I go to anything after a couple of days, I'm like, I got it. Let's get out of here. I'd left my Saturday tickets with my friends because they're huge into it. And I'd already been there a couple of days and I didn't want to leave. And I regretted giving my tickets to them. So it's that great. Preaching
2: in the choir. No peach ice cream sandwiches here, Simmons. They're gone? Supply chain issues. It's, very, it's, it's a fluid situation. It's what what's is being that? reported from the grounds right now. I don't understand. They, yeah, where they not, get the peaches from. It's not on the menu right this second. What? There's still a possibility. I have a sneaking suspicion there's a freezer full of them, for the for the Green Jackets, and maybe in like the Berkman's. You know, they're, mm. I I think oh, they saved be, them. I think okay. there's there's a small stash. Maybe a couple of select preferred media members are going to get them. We're, not us, but you know, are you guys
0: going? We're going. We're going oh, for Fandor. Wow. When we're this is amazing. And we're uh, I I. If, I'm not going now. If there's not going to be peach ice cream sandwiches. That's not true. All right, I'll still go. House, El Tigre might be there.
2: I think there is um, an outstanding chance that he is going to tee up on Thursday and try and play competitive golf in the wow. Masters this year. My God.
0: It's absolutely astonishing. What were the odds a year ago? What did we say? Like, I mean, we we honestly didn't think we were going to see him again. I
2: mean, with good reason. The reports in terms of the severity of the injury to his ankle was that the ankle was effectively pulverized. And so you can rebuild, you know, foot bones and ankle bones with metal rods and, you know, plastics and so forth. And that's all fine. That would mean that you could walk around still. You could walk or maybe jog, but to play competitive professional golf. And the thing that has given everybody. Great encouragement around this is the the every what folks have observed with the swing is that his swing speed, the ball speed, everything looks fine. He's in tremendous shape right now. He's lean, he's muscular, and uh, one of the things that titillated over the weekend was a report Brandel Chambly from the Golf Channel shared this anecdote about Tiger. He's the host of the tournament at Riviera. And as you guys know, as LA guys on the 18th hole to get from the green on 18 back up to the clubhouse, it is uh, a staircase that is, it's, it's steep. It's many steps. It takes, it's hard. And somebody observed him just bounding right up it. No problem. I'm talking about Tiger woods and that's what the thing that, that, you know, the golf community now is like, wait a minute. If he can do that, and we're getting these these little bits and pieces of anecdotes about him practicing at his club down in Jupiter, Florida. And we know from what we've observed with him playing with his kid in Florida that, that some of the metrics are in place for him to swing hard mm. and hit 290-yard drives. I mean, feels like a bunch of the ingredients are there. Well, the thing, the walk in the course would be the biggest. It is. The, the singular... And it's a one of one at Augusta in terms of that that challenge and what that that poses. Both in terms of just the physical challenge of going up and down the hills, but also the uneven lies, having to hit from downward lies, having to hit from, you know, lies where your feet are not even, and what kind of uh, ground forces that, that creates, what you need to do to, you know, take a swing and not fall down.
1: Mm. What a story. We're gonna see Jesus. him play golf. Unbelievable. Yeah, there's no way this isn't happening, right? I mean, I know it's not confirmed yet. Oh, wow.
0: His his plane's been there for how long? Well, he just flew in today.
2: He went home. He went and practiced last week. Yeah. And, you know, again, if there was really any question, if he was harboring doubts, he would not have done what he did last week, which was fly his jet, which is traceable and trackable with Justin Thomas and his kid and let people know that he was there with his kid and Justin Thomas. Like, there, he could have easily flown on an unmarked net jet. He could have flown on JT's jet. They could have white banned it. Like, he could have been in and out without anybody knowing. But nope, he just wants everybody to know that's
0: out there. He's prepared us for this I know, absolute I, miracle. I know Briscillo is really concerned about the number of school days the kid might miss. I know you're focused on that.
1: I don't they, want to derail it, so I'll let you guys keep going. Yeah, I'm like, locked in. I'm excited uh, about this.
2: I want some of his life advice for Charlie Woods. Well, Who's Charlie, your Drapes guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my wife. It's a, it's a, it's a Drapes gal.
0: This is the a, basement. Good Drapes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie. I feel like Charlie, if Tiger plays, Charlie's walking the course. And Charlie's prominently involved and with. They allow a third person, right? Or is it just caddy? Do they allow one more person out there? No, no? you cannot be You cannot he, be on there, right? But he can no. be like right in the vicinity. There's Adjacent. no way he would caddy. He can't caddy for him, right? He <laughs> I mean Wait, what? It, this <laughs> is insane. It's the math. He's <laughs> not going <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, maybe Tiger's looking at this as a father son situation.
2: Not not so yeah. I'm gonna go. I don't think All
1: right. I don't think it's ceremonial. That's the point. Remember though, when Tiger came back. All right, and I'm actually going to add some insight to this because it's all from the Van Pelt years. But after Tiger went through all of his stuff and then it was like, okay, when's he going to play again? And it was the Masters. And I thought, okay, wait, you don't want to ease into this a little bit? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then I thought, like, you're so driven about the Majors record, which I think you always got to remember, too, of anyone. Like, he's probably thinking, hey, if I can put four good days together, who fucking knows, which may seem absurd to the rest of us. But then I think sometimes we underestimate the ability of people to be able to recover with the access to the best medical care imaginable. So when I talked about him coming back, being like, why would he do it at a major event? Why would he come back to Augusta? And Van Pelt was on it. And maybe that plays into what we're dealing with this week. He goes, this is where he's most protected. This is a place that cares about him. This is a place that like, and as you guys know, when you're there, it is like walking through these gates and it's this whole new world. And it's this like big, hug around you like you made it and now you're almost rewarded with the way that we treat you. And I'm talking about like everybody who walks through that place, Never mind somebody who's won a green jacket multiple times. So I think that probably is part of it. Cause I remember Van Pelt like going, no, no, you're, you're looking at this the wrong way. He can come back to Augusta because it's a safe place. And even though it's a different return based on what he went through the last time through, and it's medical this time, it all makes sense. House thinks it's a safe place for house too.
2: I, the, same I, way. I, <laughs> the sandwiches are a dollar 50 and the 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 beverages <laughs> they went up by a dollar the domestics i think are now four dollars
1: yes it's they're, a safe place it's the safest place do you guys have the double eagle set up across the street the hosting area
2: you know we've been in there before um that was that's the espn haunt that's the spot
1: yeah we Skipper had this double- up yeah in fact I think when Skipper was pretty sure I was going to get laid off, he was like, let's throw Priscilla four double eagle passes. <laughs> Fucking guy. And the double eagle setup was amazing, and it was great, too, because I was the youngest by about 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're aging toward the double <laughs> eagle crowd. Yeah, back when I went, <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody that was waiting on us was like, can mm-hmm. we hang out by you guys for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait. House,
0: give us uh, give us the bets you created. Let's hear them. Yeah,
1: on. so... You know, By the way, the, you're
0: gonna fly through these and you're gonna break them down on fairway Rowan in yeah, that's more detail right. tomorrow. Just just in, in
2: big picture terms, the you have to remember the Masters is is literally a one of one. For many of the reasons that Rosella was just sort sort of going through, it is, you know, um a golf tournament unlike any other. The field is the smallest uh competitive major field, and there are really only about thirty guys that, that can win. I mean every winner since 2010 has been ranked in the top 30. Eight of the last 10 were ranked in the world's top 20, um, recent form matters, recent major form matters. And so, you know, you're not really looking way down the list at, at, at guys that have either no, no debutante since 1979 has come, come in and won. That's what made Wills Al Torres last year. So impressive by the way, but, you know, I I don't there aren't there aren't any there's nobody coming in for the first time and and winning the Masters. And so as we sit here Sunday night on the Bill Simmons podcast, we don't have full odds for everything, but here are the things, the bets that I am prepared to make. First and foremost, Tiger Woods is going to make the cut. If he plays, he's making the cut. The only time he missed the cut was in 1996. That was his second year as an amateur. If Tiger Woods puts a tee in the ground and hits it off of one He's got to make the cut. I'm also very favorable on the idea of Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut. Now, oh. part of the thing for for poor Bryson, this is not uh, a, a knock on Bryce. He's not healthy. He played in a golf tournament in Texas this week, didn't make the cut, and didn't hit driver on the on the par fives. He's played in five golf tournaments since the Ryder Cup last September. He missed a cut in two of his last three appearances and he played in the match play, the World Golf Championship match play uh, down in Austin a couple of weeks ago and and was DFL in that as well. He didn't win one of his three matches. He was 0-2 and 1. He's also a bad putter at the Masters. He does not putt well. And to top it all off, he c- he got together with the guys from Dude Perfect. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about the, the My Dude My kids Perfect. love Dude Perfect. Sure. That whole shtick I I am not prepared to weigh in on this yet. I'm still sort of processing it, but Augusta, I think we know how you feel. Well, you no, say. Augusta Augusta National granted those guys access to Amen Corner, and they did one of their all sports competitions through Amen Corner, where they're hitting tennis balls and hitting croquet, and you know they they throw the the football that makes a sound kind of thing. And Bryson was the pro that was with them. I'm not sure how the golf gods feel about this, so. That's Tiger
1: to make the cut, Bryson to miss the cut. That that's right off the 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 top. Good Those for dude, too. perfect. You know this guy's killed. But like, was Bryson talking to his people, going, "Hey, is there anything I could do that would make people even less popular?" <laughs> no, he's like, "Is there anything I could do
0: that could take the heat off Phil Mickelson at all within the golf community?" Anything? They were like, "What about uh, ruining on my corner?" No, uh, I will say right.
2: they immediately got like a you know over a million views like within the first yeah, hour. Yeah. Right, it's up. It, it works.
0: Yeah, it does.
2: Um, I'm also looking... Race or the rest ones. We're not going to get great odds. I love Colin Morikawa to top five. I honestly think he's a great bet to win this week. He's right now not um, awesome odds to win. He's 16 to one, but as a top five play, that, that feels like it, it covers it off. Brooks Koepka...
0: Uh, so wait, is, wait a second on that really quick. He's 16 to one. Hovland's 18 to one. Cantlay's 22 to one. Xander's 22 to one. Our guy, the Z spot, there's been some action. He's down to 20 to one. Um, but it would be, I'll be the, what I'm going into the masters from a gambling standpoint is I think it's a young guy this year and it's a young guy who got a taste of it. And it seems like it might be too young for this year, but no, all of a sudden they're winning the Masters. So that, that's what I'm focusing on as we start talking about
2: this. Well, that's nice because I do have a cream of some young guns, um, top 20 parlay here. <laughs> Great. Great. Ka- Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and Scotty Scheffler. The o- oh. The only one that might mess this up is Victor Hovland, who's never done better than tied for 12th in a major, which is just just a weird thing.
1: Do you um, have that t-shirt when you were in college?
0: <laughs> Cream of some young guns? <laughs> no. What t-shirt? That how she should sell that as a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> for the Masters. Like, I'm sure yeah, they like would love that. the master's, masters logo we Just stand outside. Corner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, just don't sell them inside, outside. <laughs> yeah. I can go cool.
2: down, you know, that's right. I could go down to the Hooters with John Daly. You know, John Daly <laughs> sets up a, a big RV at the Hooters parking lot there. Can't wait to see him.
1: We can go say hello. I think we should. I mean, at least get a picture taken. He'll gladly do that. There's a place I paid for bottle service the next night when everybody was like, that's a great idea. And then the next day, everybody's like, none of us want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called the guys. Like we told you last night, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I know." He's like, "You know," he's like, "I'm probably just going to keep your money." I'm like, "All right, yep, no, that's that's an L. We'll put that down." But I may, I may give you the contact house in case you get a little loose and just say, "Is there a credit here? Is there a silo credit well, from you, years I d- ago?" Oh. Well, I'll try and recoup it. I still owe you two hundred dollars for my Vegas
2: trip. Maybe I can that's, get that back for you.
0: Like four years ago, yeah, you well, didn't pay I yet.
2: I never forget a debt. <laughs> I,
1: I don't okay know, when I don't your know wife picked it, out the drapes when she picked out the drapes did she say i want it's i want it to be something when a gi is coming back from sicily and he goes, oh. he goes <laughs> you, like, you oh. don't you can't get the palette that's down here this is like it's like oh, a, who does your finishings down there it's
2: like it's 1950s a 1950s basement it's, a, it's it's a puzzle vibe there's a whole puzzle thing going on here like look look at the the toy table with that work back there Look here's the bear, we have the whole thing. Look, it's it's like it's got a full, you know, the 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 color. I can't justify it. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just, trying just to I'm shocked
1: it. at the finishings.
2: <laughs> it's the ba- it's hashtag basement life. What do you want me to do? Only two more bets at this stage. BS. Yeah, X stands I gotcha. for top ten. I'm on Xander. Uh, he feels like he's a little under under the radar. 64 birdies or better over the last three years. That is number one of anybody that has played in the Masters Championship. He let us down last year on the 16th hole. wrong hurt choice, my feelings wrong swing. last year. I know. Yeah, he hurt
0: my feelings.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and we're also going to do um, a little bit of the Z spot. I have him in at a top 10. And then we have Brooks Kepko, another guy that's quietly under the radar at a top 10. So we're going to go through all of this. We're going to go through the rationales. There are some more plays out there. I really like Corey Connors this week, the Canadian i got to come up with a, a, a way to work him into some of this. Got a couple parlays, a couple combinations that we want to do. I want to layer up a few make the cut, miss the cut. You know, Put two or three or four guys together and really try and make some noise. But this is this is a, a, a good appetizer, hopefully. Anybody you're looking
0: at, Rosella? before we go? Masters? No.
1: Anyone I mean, you I care would just, about? I would just drop names here uh, of guys. We had a bunch of caddies over when we were there. So John Rahm's caddy came over. Uh shout out to my man, Maddie, Mark Leishman's caddy.
0: Well, Rom's the favorite, by the way, ten to he one. He
1: is. He yeah. is. He loves the course with,
0: with good reason. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: plays that's, plays to his game. Everybody knows that.
0: I just feel like ten to one is that's just not enough value. It is not. It's too. It's too. Uh, you want to be in that twenty-two to thirty range. I feel like, or the at least the sixteen to thirty, or seven eighteen to thirty, something like that. Um,
1: House, what's what's the problem with Homa?
2: Um, nothing. The, the only knock on him is he didn't finish in the top 40 at his debut. And so he can't win, but I like him. His, um, advanced metrics right now are good. And I think this, this golf course is a good fit for him. I'm I'm going to do a homey home, a top 20 play. Let's just put it on the menu
0: right now. Okay. Um, all right. So when are, when are all of these officially going to hit tomorrow house? Yeah, we'll have we'll go through the full
2: card um, on Fairway Rolling. We're recording late tomorrow afternoon East Coast time, so that's Monday East Coast. So that'll be up Monday night into Tuesday. We have our data analytics expert, Justin Ray, coming on to break down uh, whether the metrics that we think matter actually matter, and our beloved Kevin Clark on for some storylines and his own um, dance card. He'll help us sort some stuff out. And our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, um, as always, my co-host. Roussel, who do you like
0: in the in the game tomorrow?
1: Well, look, I mean, Duke it was the more talented team against UNC. It, it wasn't really close. Uh, I think it's actually a good thing for Duke basketball that Shire's going to be taken over because I still can't believe they lost a rematch to a team that just embarrassed them in Coach K's last home game in Cameron. Um, but Caleb Love's on another level right now. And despite Kansas being in this title game, You know, I'm always kind of like deferring to talent, which isn't always the way to, you know, unless you're around the teams all the time. I just think this UNC thing is on a tear. I know all their starters played every single minute, other than when Baycott went out towards the end. So there's a theory: oh, 48 hours later, you know, the emotion of Duke are they going to be tired? I think when it's young guys, like I I don't think we give these guys enough credit and how quickly they can recover and play again. And uh, Mm. this Kansas team, you know, they don't shoot it really the way UNC shoots it. And it's it's crazy. Like, Bill Self's a terrific coach. This is one of the least talented basketball teams he's had at Kansas, <laughs> I, I think. I mean, I'm not saying it's the worst. Um, it's a one-and-done tournament, so weird things happen, and there they are. But I'm going to stay on this UNC momentum train here.
0: The Duke thing, all those talent, uh, the talent that they had out five there. First rounders, five first-rounders. Five first-rounders. And Griffin absolutely sucked and unfortunately house's guy from the DMV didn't really show up either um, and yet it felt like they it felt like they were always one possession away from all of a sudden being up 10 and they were going to win by 20 and then every time they're up 6 they're up 7 UNC would make a shot and it was like it was like a weird get over the hump type game where duke just couldn't get over the hump to get it to like 9 10 11 cuz so i think it would i think those guys would have been done would have been a wrap UNC just kept hanging around I'm with you. I didn't think Kay did a good job. By the way, House, I was half watching PTI on Friday. Yes. And doing some work. And they led the PTI with this whole thing about how Coach K, um, what did you think about Coach K's decision to hand over the team to John Shire heading into the final four? And they debated it for t- like two and a half minutes. And I was half, and I'm like, I can't believe he did that. That's like, <laughs> The craziest thing, and it was an (laughs) April Fool's. Of course, I I fell for an April Fool's Uh, joke. I couldn't believe it. It was Frank, and and Wilbon. They sold the shit out of it, and I was like, I I was like ready to go do a tweet. Well, you know, I can't believe Coach K. What a coward! They totally got me. I'm glad that's all you fell for. I fell off a golf
2: cart last week, and I'm I'm just happy to be here alive with you guys. I was like, I I. I was holding on to a moving golf cart and I lost my grip and did the thing where you try and road runner your feet to try and keep up, you know, quickly catch your feet. And and I couldn't do it. And then I went, I went down. How many drinks were involved? Just see now only one, but the guy who was driving the cart did not know that I had jumped on the back. It was a very short ride. He didn't. He, if he'd known, he would not have gone as fast. He would not have taken the big bump the way that he did. That's what threw me. But I. Wait. Only, so I are am, you
0: injured now?
2: I feel like I'm okay. We'll find out what, when we're walking what, the hills what, of God, Augusta.
0: I'm going to the Masters with Anthony Davis. <laughs> this is terrible. Anthony's like, I'm fine. I, yeah, I put on some weight. It'll be good.
1: The good thing will be though. House can give great context on walking the course injured. <laughs> I, it'll, I'll give you my Tiger
0: breakdown. He can channel Tiger. Um, all right, as we're wrapping up, Golden State won. So Golden State, 50 wins for them. I'm going to end on this. Our over-unders that we did. Oh, I got to go. It's
2: great. No, to you're, you're, gonna sta- you're you staying guys. for
0: this house. <laughs> you're staying for this. We had the locks. Here's how we did. Right now, I am 6-1 and one unless the Pelicans are at 34 wins with five games left. Did they win tonight?
1: Uh they're getting killed right now okay, by the Clippers. So that's
0: covering. Great. So that covers. So I'm going to be six and one. Rasillo and I have the Orlando Magic, who are at twenty wins. We have the under at twenty-one and a half. So they have to go two and two. I feel like we're gonna win that, Rocillo.
1: They've lost six in a row. It's a gritty group, but if you look at the lineups lately, like they, they don't want to be gritty anymore. Yeah. So
0: I could finish seven and one on my locks. Rocillo could cool. finish three and two. And you have OKC standing right now. They're, they're over under. was 22 and a half. You have them at 22. One more win, you lose on that. So you either go 3-2 and two or 2-3. Two and three. What are you, How are you feeling
1: on that one, Russell? Well, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're another I mean, they're, team. They're trying. And then the guys go out there and play their asses off. So they've, they've had two wins in the last week where I'm, I was just kind of like, you got to be kidding me. But this is what's happened. is the tanking teams... Have it all actually played a little harder than you'd expect. I mean, honestly, the Suns win today. Booker didn't play. Ayton didn't play. Crowder didn't play. And they won by 20. Well, that top four lottery
0: thing, it kind of doesn't matter what spot you're in one, two, three, or four. So it's weird. Once those teams all know they're in that four, so they can, it's a little more erratic to bet against. The
1: Pelicans won is really frustrating because that felt like. It was a lot. But, like, look, me being. No, 500, we hit that though. We had the unders on that yeah, one. Yeah, it, sh- it should not have like been
2: a 39 win back. Yeah,
0: we, we're, we're hitting that one. And then House, House is one and five with Orlando looming. So, House, you're going to either be one and six or two and five. Not a strong performance by you, the critics are saying.
2: I think I bet the opposite of what we did. I think we did that show and then talked through some stuff. And I'm like, and I bet heavy. On so on the other side. Well, of Well, house of those. had
0: the over for the Lakers fifty two and a half. That was my was historic. worst. Historic. I can't believe I I locked that just out of historic. You had the Knicks over. You had uh, Indiana over.
1: Yeah, I think I I'm mean, I'm straight up. I swear to God, whenever I do these, I go like five hundred. I'm the least exciting person. You know what? We did these. we did it probably a week too early because I even would have changed a couple.
0: But anyway, I won that one. We'll with the rematch next year. Rusillo, you have two podcasts this week. I'm sure you're going right after the Monday Night Game and for heading Tuesday morning. That'll be up. Your thoughts on the Monday Night Game on your pod?
1: Yeah, we got that. And then um, we got an awesome, awesome setup this week, too. The creators of the Work show, We Crashed. Uh, I think Michael mm-hmm. Lewis is coming by, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Jack McMullen. So, yeah, we got a lot. Thank you. I like We Crashed. I think it's awesome. Do you guys want to hear
0: my impression of Jared Leto and We Crashed? Yesterday. I'm very excited to announce that we have now opened thirteen more locations. Is this Borat? That's that, what he's doing. He's doing the he's Borat. Doing, he's doing, doing Borat. He's oh, I gotta doing, watch it's Jared Leto as Borat with the now I'm prosthetic in. nose. Doesn't I it kind of
1: look like Jim Carrey though? <laughs> like it's He does a little bit. There's some by the way, the, it's working though. Like at it's first I was job. like, like "Oh, I'm like is is Jared going to be weird?" And then Ann Hathaway plays the wife perfectly. And then I think like I have a theory that I'll get into this week and I'll ask these guys about it, but I think The Big Short kind of set a template for all of us to be crazed about how some of the stuff works that maybe most people wouldn't have been interested in. And so The Big Short works, and then we have this like out of control CEO bubble right now. You've got the yeah. Hulu show with Theranos. There's been two, three years of Theranos con- uh, content. You've got your buddy's show, Elizabeth David Holmes, and Brian. The Do- Uber person. Yeah, right. Super Pomp. That's pumped. what you're saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, We saying. Were-
0: I'm trying to list all the... There's the one other one, too, though. There's three. Is there another
1: tech one? Netflix it's- feels like they pound one out in like a weekend. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> <They're> like- <laughs> um,
0: I feel like it started with the social network, though. Uh, and I think it took a while for, and then Big Short, and then the combo of that. And then I think the OJ thing was the other piece. Yeah, but the when, Facebook- the, when the Ryan Murphy OJ show worked, everybody was like, all right, let's real life biographical stuff with super famous people, really well done. This will work.
1: Yeah, but I still feel like Facebook was an easier pitch than it was the Big Short, you know, because you're like, yeah. all right, it's Facebook, the story. Okay, great. Everybody has Facebook at the time. Got it. Um, where the Big Short was like they were like, "What are you nuts? Want to do a sh- movie about this?" So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It just. What I about Jerry
0: up. West as a temperamental sex freak? <laughs> Winning time, She's pounding away, with sweaty face. I, I can't In get awful out. shape. Oh in my god! Yeah, Fat Cherry
2: West. What are Fat we doing? Cherry West. That's the part I can't get over.
0: House. That show's good. Anne Hathaway is really good, and we crash. Like, all right. The, I, her performance in the fifth episode, I thought, was really, really
1: great. Enough said. I don't um, need all the, right. I don't need her anymore. And then you've got Severance, which is based on living in Bristol.
0: <laughs> is that true? <laughs> it's in Hartford. Is that where they go after they leave the Severance work? They go to like they West don't want Hartford? them to know.
1: Yeah, they're like yeah, yeah, just just work.
0: The podcast was produced by Kyle Creighton thanks to Steve Cerruti and Dylan Berkey as always and we'll see you on this feed on Tuesday don't forget new rewatch must come on Monday night we did Die Hard 2 in honor of uh, our guy Bruce Willis who has retired from acting and uh, we tried to figure out why they crashed a plane with 200 people on that movie for reasons that were unclear 30 plus years ago and are still incredible now it's a really weird decision anyway good to see you guys